What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Salisbury. Salisbury. Houston. Okay, let's do this. Sean Salisbury. Longtime friend Sean Salisbury. Ryan LaLima. Go Lobos. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. This is the Sean Salisbury Show. Good morning, Houston. Welcome in to the Sean Salisbury Show here on Sports Talk 790. Sean Salisbury, Brian LaLima, Manuel Elmore. Rockets lose to the Pelicans last night at the Toyota Center. The Astros acquire a left-handed bat. Prospect from the Angels, Trey Cabbage. Seattle Seahawks have their new head coach. Mike McDonald from the Baltimore Ravens. Watch the Commanders, the only team in the NFL without a head coach. That's where we start. Sean, Triple E, good morning. I'll tell you what, man. I read some uh, read some fan tweets and things like that from the Baltimore Raven fan base, and they are pissed that the Ravens let McDonald walk away. Well, <laughs> How can you stop it? He's a head coach. They want John Harbaugh fired and him as the head coach, just from what I read. After all that success, huh? Yeah. Okay. All right. Good for Mike. There's nothing you can do when they go from the head. I mean, he gets a head coaching job. That's part of it. There's not a damn thing you can do. Should be a little bit more pissed off at how their offense went about their business. That's what they need to be pissed off about. Yeah, it'd be great to keep Mike. They get good players. You better find somebody... Different. Harbaugh's not going anywhere. He's a great coach and has done a phenomenal job in Baltimore. If you don't want to lose your head coach and go your assistants, go suck, and then you'll want him fired as a coordinator. Uh, yeah, you, you're pissed off. What do you? You pay him five million as a coordinator, and he's leaving to be a head coach. Now the irony of it is, you take a look at Boston College's head coach. Oh. He's now the defensive coordinator for the Packers. It's a, and, and I understand Boston College isn't winning a national championship in football anytime soon. I just always find it weird when you leave a head coaching job at a Power 5 program and then go to a, an assistant job in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's weird to me. Is I, I don't know, are you afraid that you can't build the program? I'm sure they paid you good money, but do you think it's a, a ceiling on your game at... at uh, Boston College, where you can't advance. Because if you do well at Boston College, there's a bigger head coaching job waiting for you. Or if you feel like, nah, can't do it. I like being a defensive coordinator, and I'm close with Matt LaFleur, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head over there. It just, it's odd. But you can't keep Mike McDonald if you're successful and they're offered a head coaching job. What are you going to do? And I, I love it. It's like the backup quarterback when the backup's playing behind the starter who's a good player, has one bad game, everybody wants the backup. I'm sure they're saying it about Trey Lance in Dallas once in a while because of Prescott, yet he has a monster season. And then when that happens, you're like, ooh, maybe I didn't want to do that. We don't know if Mike McDonald's going to be able to, head coach, be able to coach out of his rear end as a head coach. We don't know. Hell of a defensive coordinator. But that, that's it. You lose, they get fired. You win, and they get hired. 
And so now that's called overreaction post butt hurt, got your, your ass handed to you on mm-hmm. the offensive side of the ball. And, and that happened. So now they shouldn't be mad at that. There's a lot of things. I mean, your quarterback didn't play well. Your offense couldn't move the ball. Todd Munkin, who's outstanding, did not call a great game. And Mike McDonald held them to 17 points. They still got beat, and he got a head coaching job. You should be happy for him and um, slow your roll on John Harbaugh. There's a lot of people who feel he's a top five, top three coach in a league. So there you go. Yeah, they're uh, they're pretty upset that they've had all this success, and yet they can't get to uh, get back to an AFC title game. Yeah. And there, a, a lot of uh, blame goes on John Harbaugh, but then also a lot of blame on Lamar Jackson because, like we've said all week, he is Josh Allen, who is Dak Prescott, who is Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I want to know how many throws did John Harbaugh make in the game in the red zone? You want me to look up the box score? Yeah, I'm curious what, yeah, what his me, passing, what his completion percentage was in the um, game. And when they got him down there, I don't think John said, hey, throw into triple coverage in the red zone and cost yeah. us a game. Listen, John understands the game. People are, um, well, fandom can be awesome, and fandom can also be uh, a bit out of hand. And get beat 17, and let's go. Well, so so here's what I imagine then. You want to cut, you want to trade Lamar too? Mm -hmm. He's going to win the MVP, but let's just trade him. Mm -hmm. Isn't John Harbaugh a candidate for coach of the year, one of the five finalists? He is, yeah. All right, yeah. so let, let, he, he didn't throw any passes. Game, right. Either. I didn't yeah. see I didn't see in the box score how he did that he threw any, but he didn't know. So we want to fire John Harbaugh and you paid your quarterback to have January. And l- listen, yeah. Lamar Jackson's got something to prove in January and February. We can sit here and defend all you want. Just like Allen, just like Prescott. He's he's no different than them other than he's and when I when it comes to January uh DNA right now, because it hadn't been the same. As Brady or Mahomes or, quite frankly, Brock Purdy. Yeah. So here you are, and it happens. I mean, if you're gonna, if you want John Harbaugh fired, I'm assuming you want Lamar Jackson traded or cut. Right. Well, if, you're, if you're gonna be mad at anybody, you really need to be mad at uh, uh, Todd Munkin in that second half of lack of running. I mean, the first half as well. Just the whole game plan. That's what you need to be mad well, at. Well, I saw two offensive coordinators have. Bad, I, I didn't think Ben Johnson second half. I thought he was. Oh, yeah, his. I, I thought he was mid in elementary school. Mm-hmm. I did. I think they played not to lose in the second half. I'm talking about in the play calling, and I love Ben Johnson. But pressure gets to them too. So if you're going to tell me I want John Harbaugh fired, I want you to also have the same energy that you want Lamar Jackson traded because he threw a red zone pick, and both are absurd. You got a great coach and a great quarterback that, unfortunately, for Lamar. Hasn't been able to close it out in January or play his best football in January. Now, you catch him in November, it's great. So there is something to prove for a lot of these guys at this time of year. So save me the, oh, it's John Harbaugh's fault. I don't think he made one throw in the game. No. He's got to take, he's got to shoulder some of it, like Dan Campbell's got to shoulder some of it. Like any coach who lost in the postseason has got to shoulder it. Imagine if the 49ers get beat, what they're going to be saying about uh, Kyle Shanahan, if he has a lead and they lose it in the fourth quarter and he loses, imagine what they're going to say about him. Guy doesn't have Super Bowl DNA. Can't it'll be his third game. time. It would be his third time with a lead if that happens. And we know Kyle Shanahan can call plays and is a hell of a coach. The question is, can everybody elevate? So it's absurd to sit here and sometimes listen and it's like shake their head how hard it is to win. Listen, the last Super Bowl you got, I do believe the head coach was John Harbaugh and the quarterback mm-hmm. was Joe Flacco. So Lamar's got MVP, hell of a player. 
but it should fester for those guys this offseason, the way they went out. It should bother them. Did you say Joe Flacco? Was their last quarterback. With, yeah, yeah. A flow. You met Flacco? There you go. Yeah. You call him Flacco? Yeah, yeah, man. So, good for Mike McDonald. And I, I don't know, Washington football team, what are you doing now? What are yeah, you, what, what are you, you waiting, waiting on? on? They, gotta be, they have doing? to be scrambling. Or... Is it Belichick and is it Vrabel? Are, are we at that point now? Who, who is it? Dan Quinn. I, I personally think if it was Dan Quinn, then why didn't you hire him two weeks ago? I have no. Well, be, right. And if you're Dan Quinn, you're like, okay, I'm seventh guy in line. I mean, but you'll take it anyway. So I, I don't know what the Washington football team's doing. Uh, commanders, I guess we call them. Are they going to the change their name again with the new ownership? Well, apparently, from what I read. Uh, I mean, this was a couple months ago when the new ownership group came in. That there was a petition to, to change the name. For them to go back to the Redskins, I'm, and they were getting their blessing from the uh, tribe. Yeah, the tribe community. Right. I, I'm uh, I'm okay with that. I still call them that. It just it, it, as a habit, and I, I and I sure as hell I know when we played against them, it was never. And I'm not Native American, so I can't talk to who's offended and who isn't. Mm-hmm. I do know this though. When you played the Redskins, at no time did you think, oh, this is offensive. Boy, these go, I can't believe they do. You went in, you know, the first thing you thought was Warriors, and what a great name for how they go about it. That's how you thought if you don't know the history of it. But, I mean, all these years, nobody was offended by the history. Now, all of a sudden, we wake up, somebody is. I'm not here to tell you you should or shouldn't be offended. I can just tell you this. From a guy who's not Native American, I'm not offended. But then again... Uh, like I said, it doesn't. And if you said, I don't know, there's a lot of different names you could call me and I wouldn't get offended. But I also know that for people and their heritage and their background, if it bothers them for the deep dive, then then I get it. But we were going through, a, and we still are, societal part where everything it was wow. offended everybody. Hypersensitive. Right. And if now if the Native American community says it's not that big a deal, we are the red, and they're, they're proudly, then... It wasn't Maybe a big deal. Let, right. Right. I, I, here, here's what we've gotten to the point. We let one affect five million as opposed to five million being affected by one. Mm-hmm. Now, I, you don't want them all, but in a perfect world, that happened. But you're never going to please everybody. But you do want to, you, you do, you would like to add a respect, pay it to the community who Native Americans or who, whoever is offended by that, whoever voted it out in the first place. Let's, let, let, we can revisit it. But, you know, I get it. But, from a distance, like you and I, it's like, oh, I love the Redskins name. Yeah. But th- we're not the ones that they have to deal with. I, yeah. I just, I guess I'm different. Maybe I, I get, a, I don't get offended by much, but I understand why others do. I mean, if it's a racial slur, you got to get rid of it. Right. But if it's not to the native, if Redskins means like, like I always thought, warrior. I, but I didn't do a deep dive when I was playing to the history of, of, of that of name. The native American. Sure. But yeah, history. So I just looked at his man. When you play them, you know you know you've been in for it, and the fans were awesome. So, if they do change it, then uh, back, I, I think there'll be a lot of people that are quite pleased with it. And if they don't, maybe they get something other than Commanders. And can you imagine that three names in about three years? But whatever the new ownership and the and the obviously those who decide on football names, but they've got to find a coach sooner than later. Hell, we're yeah. already February now. You might want to get ready so you can put an off-season plan in just a hunch. Yeah, USA Today Sports actually uh, released an article about 30 minutes ago talking about the commanders and what's taking them so long. Uh, one of the names obviously mentioned, like we've mentioned, is Dan Quinn, and in it's the, this writer says, what about Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn? Why have the commanders interviewed him 
two times and not named him their head coach yet. That ought to tell you something. They also, Either they don't like the interview process or they're waiting to, you know how they're looking over his shoulder saying, well, let's see if the other guy out there is better. We'll get back to you. Oh, here's uh, an, another interesting little note in this article. Uh, could the commanders be taking their time because they might be interested in Mike Vrabel? Why, why would why, well, why are you taking time. your time? What, 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 I don't I, get I, it. Could they taking their time? If you're interested, then go through the interview process and get it done. What, what do you mean? Right. It's not like Mike Vrabel, unless he's on, unless he's somewhere in a different country, is not available for interview. Yeah. Waiting on him, he ain't playing in this game in on, on in February. Mike Vrabel's at home watching. I, I mean, what, what are you waiting on? That's what I, I don't yeah, know. I don't no get no clue. Why did a head coach in college football, Power Five program, leave? to go to the NFL to take an assistant job. We'll discuss it next on the Sean Salisbury Show. There's a lot happening, and he's got a lot to say about it. Sean Salisbury continues on 790. You're listening to the Sean Salisbury Show here on Sports Talk 790. Sean Salisbury, Brian Lalima, Manuel Elmore, Rockets fall to the Pelicans. Astros acquire a left-handed bat, infielder, outfielder, Trey Cabbage from the Angels. Seahawks get their head coach, former defensive coordinator Mike McDonald from the Baltimore Ravens. The Green Bay Packers hire a new defensive coordinator. And it's Boston College's head coach, Jeff Halfley. Why would Jeff Halfley, the head coach of a Power 5 program, coming off of a bowl win, leave college football to head towards the NFL as an assistant? Well, one of the big reasons is reportedly he wanted to focus on coaching and not have to deal with all of the other BS that is involved in college football today, meaning NIL, transfer portal. I'm at the nail salon. What? I'm at the grocery store. What? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. It's just another example of college coaches wanting to get out of college. Kind of reminds you in a different way of teachers that are tired of not being supported by um, administration mm-hmm. or low pay or whatever the category fits in or what they're forcing you to teach in school or you can't discipline a kid who comes up and punches you in the face. Yeah, worth you know, yeah, yeah, all those things to where student empowerment at a 15-year-old's got more power or a 12-year-old to come in there and they can beat up a kid and kick him in the rib cage and a teacher gets in to break it up and the teacher gets fired. Yeah, the teacher gets in trouble for that. Right. So that that's in a in a obviously a much different way because you're leaving, you're still getting paid, you're coaching football. Point is, that babysitting of NIL and and uh, transfer portal and all that. I've always told you, for me, if both were equal, would you take you? You'll take the NFL gig now. First of all, 
NFL coaching. And when I say easy, it's not easy. But with all the stuff, I'll tell you what, it's a lighter load than college football is. Why? I'm not babysitting Patrick Mahomes. Right. I'm not babysitting the right guard. Go home to your family, do what you want to do. If you get in trouble, falls on you. We'll have the, you know, we have our insiders around town say they saw you in a bar. Everybody has one of those too, right? I got to babysit him in college. Now I got to recruit him and then keep recruiting him, keep recruiting, make sure the parents are happy because even if the kid's happy, the parents wake up and say, I want to see my, my son play. And next thing you know, they want him out. So you're recruiting, and it's a constant, oh, I got you, I love you, we're loyal. They're offering me 100000 more name image like I'm leaving. Oh, I'm the backup this year? How dare you? I'm a freshman. I, when I walked off campus, I'm starting. Well, you're not good enough to start. The starter's better than you right now. Okay, good, I'm out. That's not how the transfer portal was set up. Unless they're not going to let you compete or you've been hurt and you're out, you know, you, gotta, you graduated. All these things are going, that's for me... I get why he'd do it. That's why I asked the question, what would make you leave? Yeah. And here's why. Yeah. It's not because you don't like being a head coach. You win a bowl game. You're, you got your team. You're still there, so they like you. It has to do with, okay, we're here, but all it takes is starting off having a bad – what if four guys transfer, your, three of your stars transfer in an offseason, and you went from a bowl team to winning two games? Then you're fired. Nobody's going to hire you to be the same job. So why don't you get out while it favors you just like the transfer portal does? Just like, oh, it's name, image, and likeness. He's, I guarantee, he's a seven-figure coordinator. I guarantee it. So while he, and, and I'll tell you what it tells me. It really speaks loudly. Now, I know it's not Alabama or Southern Cal or, or UT, but it speaks loudly to the fact that this guy loves coaching so much that he really put it, because I can promise you he's not making, at least unless Boston College pays the head coach a million bucks. He's making uh, roughly four hundred grand a year to be the Boston College head coach. Then he's taken, because he was... He he's taking a got to be minimum a double. Mm-hmm. I, I got to believe the head coach at Boston College had to be making seven figures. Nowadays, the low end ones, unless you're like at a a smaller Division One school that's not Power Five, or like whatever. a McNeese, yeah, half a million bucks. Yeah. So you're going to get the, yes, or, or you know one of those, or I don't know Sam Houston State maybe mm-hmm. type of thing, Stephen F. Austin. But at, at a Power 5 school, the head coach has got to be making seven figures. I'd, and I know they come out with lists. That the private schools don't have to tell you. But you'll get a public school list like once a year. It'll go down. Here's what the head coach makes. And here's his incentives and, and bonuses if they get to a bowl game. And there's, there's no way as a head coach you can't be making seven figures for a Power 5 conference. If there is in Boston College, I don't have to. According to this article, he was only making four hundred grand a year. As the head coach of Boston College? Mm-hmm. Well, then, then, I, then you know what? <laughs> Well, then why wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. If you're going to go the headache, make the same money in the NFL. Now, if it's right, and if it's too, and you get to remember, I've always told you when I talk to coaches, what's the biggest thing you miss about when you're a head coach? The interaction every day, coaching what I what got me there is coaching football players and relationships in that room. When you're the head coach, you don't have those. You haven't. It, it's a bigger, broader spectrum, but you don't have the sit down unless you're calling them in to say you're starting. Great to have you here, or we got to get better. You're not sitting down with that head coach every day, right? You may, in pa- in, you know what, practice in passing. Hey, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. You're talking. Hey, what do you think about the game plan this week? Hey, let's go get him. And coaches walking around during stretching lines. But it, as the head coach, it's the coordinator, the quarterback coach, those relationships every day. And every coach that I've, to a man, while they love being a head coach, what they miss is that. And here's, now, see, it, that, that's unfathomable to me. And I believe Boston College, is it a private school? Or is a public? It's a church. I know. I know. It's a, a, a 
I think a Catholic, but I don't know if it's like Notre Dame, if it's a private or a state school. BC. I'm, well, let's I'm, see. Private Jesuit. There you go. Research University. Okay, so it's private. So you're, you're, we're fortunate we got the, to, to get an idea what the money yeah, it's because uh, normally they can keep that secret. Yeah, it, it looks they like it. yeah, it looks like he uh, had two years remaining on his deal, and he was making roughly four hundred grand per year at Boston College, and his salary in the NFL will be similar. Okay, well then, then, then I and not only that, but it would have told me even if he was making a million, just how far name, image, and likeness and transfer portal is pushed guys. Yeah, to I'm not having that. I'm not I'm, every day you wake up. Going to the office, people say oh, 400 a million a year. You, who cares? Not true. At some point in your career, you get to a point and say, even if I got to take less, I like this. And you know what? If he goes and kills it, it, it and, and does what Mike McDonald did with a good quarterback, you're on the rise now in Green Bay. Guess what? Your next job is a $4 million job as a head coach. So I just, I, I still can't believe, I, I don't know how many are doing that. I, it's hard for me to fathom that a Power Five school is paying a head coach. In a town like that, boss, I mean, and I know they don't have one nationally. Doug Flutie isn't playing for their team or Matt Ryan, but I'll be damned. 400,000, every single division. I mean, for the most part, at Power 5 schools, coordinators are making more than that on a regular basis. So, but if you can't, if you don't want to deal with all that, I don't blame him. Uh, the Sam Houston State head football coach uh, is making more than that. He was making 600 grand. Good for him and should be. Hard job at all these. That's my point. This is Boston College. I understand private schools. It's a take it or leave it thing. And you get an opportunity to say, I'm going to jump all over it. I'm going to make a difference. Well, he jumped all over it, made a difference, win a bowl game. And guess what you say then? Oh, I can go put coach defense for somebody else. I'm in. We've seen it a couple times this offseason. Head coaches out North Dakota State, I think it was, or South Dakota State. North Dakota State head coach leaves and is now coaching. Uh, he's uh, now the def- is he the defensive coordinator for, is he coaching for uh, Southern Cal? He said it at USC. There you go. So, yeah, Matt Entz. There you go. So you, you see my point. Guys are leaving. They're tired. Of, I, I just feel like these guys are getting tired they, of this they stuff. They are. Because, you know, listen, head coach is always the guy's goal when you're coaching. You get to have a head coach. A head coach of Boston College, Power 5 school. Oh. But the defensive coordinator at Green Bay, and I'm going to tell you this, most of the time, defensive coordinators in the league ain't making just 400 I'm talking about the NFL. He's, a, he's probably on the lower end of D coordinator. That's position coach stuff. 250 to 400, 500, mm-hmm. depending on how long you've been doing it. And very, listen, if you're a coordinator in the NFL and you're making 250, I'm not saying it's not a lot of money. You're in a Power Five school, you're underpaid. And if you're, I mean, a Power Five school coordinator, that's about right for smaller schools. The big ones, I mean, you're talking about when, when our, when uh, the head coach at uh, Baylor, Aranda, or these guys, and now look in the league, they're making, they were making seven figures. Heck, the, the head coach at uh, Venables when he was at Clemson was making a couple million bucks a year to be the coordinator. Never left for year after year after year and finally got the head coaching job where he started at Oklahoma, right? So I don't blame him for leaving. Now, when you do this, and even at 800000 if he was making double as Boston College's head coach, it gets to, and who am I to tell a guy, dude, if you got to show up and the money is all you're doing it for, it's hard to be a head coach in, in college football and just deal with that. So for me... I understand the hassle, and I do get to the – I understand why he'd say, you know what, I'm going to go back to doing what I do. I want to coach. I don't want to deal with all the headache. I'd prefer to do that. And I give him a lot of credit for walking away from the power ego job to go being working for another guy at the same price, and now you're the coordinator. You don't get to make the decisions. You're the – there's just too much. Babysit, 
name, image, and likeness. What if the, it all falls on you? And you're the athletic director, you're the parent away from home. And if I got to keep recruiting, college jobs are a lot tougher. When I'm talking about all the administrative stuff, all the rules you got to follow, think about all the, you got to recall every year, you got to take a test to make sure you're in compliance. I mean, it, and it's not that big a deal. But point is, is that all this NFL, you coach, you teach. You, you put game plans in long hours. Some of them work too long. They don't need to. They don't work smart enough. But all the other stuff that comes with it, it is much more demanding with recruiting and stuff to be a college head coach. I, I get it. Yeah. And especially four hundred grand to be the head coach there, and now he's going to make the same as a coordinator, and he gets to actually do X's and O's. I'm out. Yeah. And let somebody else deal with all the pain in the ass stuff. Yeah, let's talk about that pain in the ass, the recruiting, the NIL, the transfer portal. When will enough be enough? Let's next on Sports Talk 790. Putting the logic in illogical. Former pro, Sean Salisbury continues to break it down on 790. Welcome back to the Sean Salisbury Show here on Sports Talk 7. And you can also listen to us on the free iHeartRadio app. Sean Bryan and Triple E. Rockets losing to the Pelicans last night at the Toyota Center. The Astros acquire a left-handed bat. Prospect from the Angels. Trey Cabbage. Seahawks get their head coach. Defensive coordinator Mike McDonald from the Baltimore Ravens. Talking about the Boston College head coach who is leaving to become the defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. I thought another interesting note in this um, in this article that I was reading about Halfley, he has never worked with... I'm at the nail salon. What? I'm at the grocery store. What? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. Let's see. Matt LaFleur. But... He was Halfley was a defensive backs coaches in San Francisco under former defensive coordinator and current Jets head coach Robert Sala, who was one of LaFleur's best friends. There's that little uh little coaching tree, little uh friend circle, yeah. The constant connection, that circle that you're right. It's it's and it's a small one for well, it's becoming really big, but it feels like they all were like your fifteen best buddies growing, but it's just that this guy knows this guy knows this guy. Don't think friendships don't mean something when you're making a trade. Or you're hiring a guy. Look at what John and Jim Harbaugh have gone back and forth. Mike McDonald, boom, goes to he's with Michigan, goes back to Baltimore, and now he's a new head coach. And the GM, uh, the assistant, or the player personnel guy or assistant, uh, now is the GM uh, for the Chargers, where Jim Harbaugh is, and he was working for John and that group there in Baltimore. So, yeah, relationships. As long as it's just not a buddy-buddy thing, relationships, because the guy can coach and Halfley can coach. Three of the four years, he's had him bowl eligible. Right. And he's still making less money than people at smaller schools. Weird. And I don't blame him. He, it, it's obvious he just wants to get back to away from the 
it's Friday night. I got to go recruit a kid who made it next year. I got to tell a 17 year old man, it's great fit Boston College here on Chestnut Hill, but next year may not be a great fit for you. So you can go ahead and leave. Is that he's not saying that, but that's right. and have to deal with that. It's like it's tough enough to recruit at Boston College to get the top. You get listen if you get a four star player, then it. They have a legacy guy or somebody who just loves Boston College, doesn't want to leave and wants to be the next Doug Flutie. Awesome. But you don't have guys, four stars. Four star comes in, you ain't turning down. And then you got to recruit him. Oh, man, I played one good year for you. Now Alabama's coming in. I'm, take me away. I'm gone. He's like, hell with that. When you're under contract in Green Bay and I'm an assistant coach, guess what you can't do? You don't get to get up and leave. Don't blame him, especially for the same money. Yeah, go coach X's and O's and let somebody else deal with the headache. All in. You look at all all the things that college coaches have to go through. You got to work with your recruiting coordinators to go and recruit kids. You got to sit in living rooms and talk to parents, talk to kids. You go to these camps. You go to these like all star type football games. You go to all these different things and you bust your ass to try to recruit a kid. And then a year goes by, meaning a season, and then you got to re recruit them to stay at your program. That let alone. All the other stuff you got to go through, that would be reasons enough for me to leave. I don't, ha- I don't want to have to re-recruit you when you've already committed to my program and you were the starter, Kyle McCord, and you went 11-1 and one in Ohio State, but you wanted to leave to go to Syracuse, which still makes no sense to me, but it is what it is. My question to you, Sean, is when is enough enough? Well, that, well I guess... For, for NIL and Transfer Portal. Okay, how are you going back? How are you going to turn that on a dime and go all the way back to beforehand? You can't. Right. So now you say, okay, we've moved the floor up. There is no ceiling. Now the floor, we've raised the floor a little bit so the fall's not as far. So, all right, let's do this. You're allowed. You can't. I I don't know how they're going to regulate it because people, listen, University of Tennessee is in trouble with recruiting violations. Again. and Again. And they're NIL recruiting violations. If you're a guy, and, and as a head coach at, at a Power 5 school or any school, any college program, Boston College, every decision you make, well, I bought the kid lunch at the wrong time of year. It's a recruiting violation. I can't buy him a steak during the whatever. I can't like visit him. Can't, period right, or whatever it right. is, yeah. Oh, do I got to clear if I bought a player a sandwich. I mean, it, it's crazy. And the craziest thing, oh, man, he makes $5 million in, in, in NIL money, but don't you dare bring him over to your house during a non-recruiting period where you, give him a, you, you cook him a hamburger out backyard with your family trying to recruit him. You get my point. Obviously, a little bit hyperbolic, but I, I am, listen, I don't think Halfley's afraid of a challenge. He took the Boston College job for, uh, as far as in the coaching world, minimal amounts of money coaching-wise. Not the 400 ain't anything to shake a stick. That's what the top, top 2% of the, of the planet but in coaching world, that's a low-paid head coach. It just is nowadays. And here's what you don't want. Can you imagine being the head coach at a college program mm-hmm. and the high school recruit landed a deal and as a freshman he's making more money than you as the head coach? <laughs> uh, and whether it's ego or pride, no, 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 no. That don't work. There's a peck. You see, I got, the, your mid-manager doesn't make more than your CEO. Right. Okay. Yeah, Sorry that, to that, that doesn't happen. Never flies. No. So... Uh, I now you may be as as that point you may be able to do a lot of you've got a lot of and you know went out and raised a lot of money and they're giving you bonuses that equal that but based on you no 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 that's not happening buddy so and I, I admire a guy who's willing to walk away from the head coach ego to a defensive coordinator X's and O's guy and 
I, I think he did a good job of posting his score. Listen, Boston College, not now, not next year, not in five days from now, not in five years from now. They're not winning a national title. Boston College, I hate to say this, unless you're a lifer, like, you know, when, when Flutie was there, his head coach had been there, a, 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 you know, they were to get, he had been there a while. But like Houston was a while back mm-hmm. when, when uh, Tom Herman was here, a great bridge job. It, and it was. You can say what you want. It's football. It is. There's jobs around the country. You go to get this one, to get that one. And Boston College is you, your hope. Like Temple. There's been guys that went to Temple, turned it Rutgers, turned it around a little bit, won, and get a job somewhere else. Because, you listen, unfortunately it's not 1950 for some, but if, unless all of a sudden something changed. But the Boston College is the world. You're, you, eight wins there, new contract. Right now, I don't know what that kind of money is going to be for those guys there, but you you get to a point where you say, okay, is my jump going to be better from defense quarter X's and O's and feel better, and then get back to the NFL? It sounds to me like Halfley wants to be wants to stay in the NFL to get rid of all that and tell that name, image, and like you say, where does it stop? I don't know where it stops. The regulation, but if it stops, it's not going to stop as quickly as it started. Remember, you woke up one day and like, what is this? Yeah, and they're not. They, I don't know where. And and now that it's rolling downhill. That that momentum's going too much to stand there and try to block it. It's going to take and stop it somehow, some way. It's going to have to. It can't stay like this forever, or you won't have any coaches anymore. They'll all leave. Um, so, and some love the recruiting. I'm not telling a 17 year old every year that he's my best player ever, my best player ever, and then have him turn around and leave. I I got no interest in that. Yeah, you, you brought up the University of Tennessee and these uh, recruiting violations and things like that. One of the the notes in here is how. How can the NCAA actually try and enforce its own NIL rules? There's no there's no limitations on NIL. I mean, there's collectives and things like that. How are they trying to come down and punish big schools like Tennessee for recruiting violations when NIL is just running rampant and same with the transfer portal? How are they, I don't understand how they're... Did they actually catch a player... Taking cash from a coach hand to hand. What? What? what I, I don't even know what the rules are. That, that's not illegal though. I, I, yeah, I don't know what the rules are. So how are they coming? Like that's the thing I don't. I don't get. If a if a guy comes on, let's say he's a, an early entry from a high school and he goes in January and he's going to compete for the job in the spring as a mm-hmm. freshman, and in which he should be playing in the you know, he should be getting ready to go to the prom, but he's on campus going to spring practice and off season program, and all of a sudden somebody says, you know what? I he's a kid from my hometown, and he owns a gas and oil business. And you're like, I, I, I want to pay him a million a year. And all of a sudden he gets it. And he's, he's I, I don't know. So you hand him a cashier's check. But all of a sudden, way you go, I don't know how you do a direct deposit. I don't know what you do. But if you walk up and say, here's $100,000 from an alumni stuck in an envelope. How, how do you track that? <laughs> I don't know. How, how do you track that? So I, 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 West, I, man. I, I, yeah, I don't know why Michigan got three games and Tennessee's now getting in trouble and one cheated, apparently. Mm-hmm. And then this one, you give this guy. I, I don't know where there shouldn't there be a steadfast rule for every level of violation. You would think you did it, and now if you've done it fourteen times, guess what? Then then we got to hit you harder. But first time, here's this: if you if you give cash cash to hand, here's this violation. This this, and just tell us what it is. I don't know why we treat different programs different. Shouldn't there be a protocol that's, if you're late, you know, to work, don't be late for work, right? When right. the boss tells you, if you if you get beat in a game, well, how do we fix it the next time? But it's just, bam, so you get how many timeouts you get in a game? You know, three and a half? Three. All mm-hmm. right. 
So you don't get a fourth. Same thing here. Here's what you get, and if you don't do it this way, then it's a violation. But I, I, I don't know. Is Tennessee doing it any different than Georgia is? No. I, 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 from everything that I've read about this, no. No. Yeah. They have a booster-funded organization. It's an NIL collective run by a separate group. And yet, for some reason, the NCAA is trying to drop the hammer on them. I mean, to the point where you've got the attorney generals of, of Tennessee and Virginia fighting it. fighting it. Yeah, I listen, man. It's become college football Saturdays are like my favorite time. I friggin' love it. But when you dig deep into it and from their standpoint, you're like, man, these guys, put it this way. Free agency in, high, in college is, is more rampant than free agency in the NFL. Because that's what name, image, and likeness and transfer right. portal is. But there's no, just you up and go, do whatever you want to do. So for me, it, it's got to the point where it's, it's become a, such a circus. I can't even keep track of the guys that transferred and went, went, oh, that's right, that guy plays there? Can't even keep track of it. You got guys that are playing in their ninth year, yeah. going to be in college for nine years. Inexcusable. Trying to play football. But Tennessee, I don't know what they're, you think Tennessee's the only SEC team that's doing name, image, and likeness wrong? But I'm not sure anybody even, knows what's wrong. Well, as I was to say, it's not even wrong, though. Yeah, what, what is wrong? Right. What, what, where's, where, where's the issue here? Yeah. Are, are we headed down the path where the government is going to have to come in and run NIL and transfer oh, portal in college don't, football? Don't, don't do that. It'll get worse. I know. Let's talk about it next on the Sean Salisbury Show. The hottest takes in Houston sports. So emotionally tied to this team. The Sean Salisbury Show continues. All right, let's go. On Sports Talk 790. Losing to the Pelicans. Astros acquiring a left-handed bat. Trey Cabbage, one of the prospects for the Angels. Via trade, Seahawks get their head coach. Former defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens, Mike McDonald. The Commanders, the only team in the NFL without a head coach. Talking about college football. Jeff Halfley, he was the Boston College head coach. He leaves to take the defensive coordinator job for the Green Bay Packers. One of the reasons why he left is because he's tired of dealing with the NIL and re-recruiting and all of the transfer portal BS in college football. Well, then we got to a discussion about the University of Tennessee, and they are currently facing another NCAA investigation for NIL-related violations. And with that... The Tennessee, the state of Tennessee and the state of Virginia and their attorney general's office have filed an antitrust lawsuit against the NCAA challenging the ban of name, image, and likeness compensation in college athletic recruitment. This was filed uh, in the East, Eastern District of Tennessee this past Wednesday, so yesterday. Uh, it also comes in response to the NCAA's investigation into the University of Tennessee for potentially recruiting or for potential recruiting violations related to NIL deals that were agreed to upon athletes in a booster funded organization called the Vol Club. And that's um, also, yeah, the Vol Club, that's an NIL collective run by Spire Sports Group. This lawsuit is aiming to disrupt the association's rules against recruiting tactics, claiming the NCAA is enforcing rules 
that unfairly restrict how athletes can commercially use their name, image, and likeness at a critical juncture in the recruiting calendar. Whew, that's a, that's a mouthful. But from reading some of these uh, articles on this whole situation, it seems to me like Tennessee, the University of Tennessee, has this group. They're dishing out money left and right, and the NCAA doesn't like it. Well, it sound, I, I, like I said, I don't know the inner workings of it. It sounds to me like one collective, I mean, doesn't don't most of them have one? Yeah. That you're calling upon? I, I thought A&M was leaning on their collective. We had a caller calling and tell us he's part of the collective. Right. I, and I, I, don't, I don't know. So your collective you're given, is there, I, I honestly, because I look into it quite often, do you know, you know how there's like, you can go like bylaws and stuff. Do, do we have a pamphlet that tells us what the name, image, and likeness rules are in college sports? You do not. No. Is it just are we doing it on the fly? Uh, pretty much. It, this feels like a reach. Now I don't know how deep um, it gets that they that they abused whatever rules they know by compliance. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe somebody out there who's like a capologist in sports is also has that same has done such a deep dive there. Well. At some point, we should probably get somebody on from the NC2A and say, I'm coming. I need to know. I'm a, I just got hired as a head coach at, uh, at USC. I need to know what my name, image, and likeness rules are and dates. Mm-hmm. Is that that hard to find? Or do so. they have one? I don't think they have one. You know how you go in and you have your onboarding at a company and then there's a list of things you've got to... Is there a name, image, and likeness onboarding that we know what, what the rules are? I mean... I know we know some of them just by people who talk on TV and we hear them talk about it. Does, is there a memo on everybody's list say you can't the can and can't do's of name, image, and likeness that you follow? Because if you're Tennessee, are you mad because you want to be able to give more money in hand-to-hand cash? And that's what, you know, antitrust suit that you're saying, we should be able to do whatever we want. Are you mad because you did something wrong and they got you? Is it somewhere in between? Is it both? I, I don't, I honestly... I like to think I'd probably do some due diligence on this, but I don't know if there's a checklist. If there is, I've never seen somebody put it. You know how somebody will put something like somebody's contract or a check on Twitter or on social media saying, here's what you got to do, or here's what a coach gets, or here's the list of bonuses that he gets for going to the national title game. Do we have that for name, image, and likeness? I, do you, okay. okay, if I say to you, what's the date where you can't recruit so, a guy for name, image, or you can't have a guy, you can't give him... The collective can't operate. Is there a date? Can you do it on Christmas Day? Can you do it whenever you want? What's what's the date? All right. So it, so according to this, just simple Google search, the first thing that pops up, which I've done before on this, yeah, it just says there's some guidelines. Okay, what are they? That's my point. Schools and states without legislation are free to create their own NIL laws based on a set of NCAA guidelines. The guidelines are: deals cannot serve as recruitment inducements. Athletes cannot receive benefits without service givens. Uh, services given agents or representation are allowed for nil benefits okay so without services giving so given so you're basically telling me that you can't that's the hand-to-hand cash thing is basically what it is Mm -hmm. all right so i uh, you recruit me you tell me on the side and you agree to come to school there and i say okay come to school here we're going to go the first day you're here on campus be prepared we're going over to the local uh collective the, the our big giver and you're going to sign a deal. And the first one is you approach his sales team and you're given a speech, a 15-minute question and answer, and it's a one-year million-dollar deal. And you just got to do four of those. And you get the first one in. 
That's a can service. They hand, can they hand you a two fifty two hundred fifty thousand dollar quarterly bonus for that? That's a service. Sure it is. So yes. So if I, if I all I got to do is just walk into that buildings and say, what are you talking about? The see, he he just he just talked to the sales team, and that part of it was making an appearance and tweeting about their product, and. Then, then I, I get paid quarterly two hundred fifty thousand a quarter for making four of those appearances. You see my point? Yeah. I, I don't know when they say there's guidelines. So you're telling me you read three guidelines for all the name, image, and likeness that goes on? Yeah. Three of them. There's two more. Schools cannot be involved in creating opportunities for their athletes, and players cannot promote alcohol, uh, cannabis, tobacco products, adult entertainment, or gambling. I, I get that. Yeah. I get. I get that. But so there's five. So the fourth one again. The schools cannot. School. Schools cannot be involved in creating opportunities for their athletes. What that's saying is the coach who's down the hallway from compliance, who's down the hallway from your collective says, mm. I don't know anything. <laughs> but when I walk out of this conference room with you 12 big donors, I just want you to know he'll come here if we hit the right price. Right. I'm not telling him anything, but you can. It's like when somebody says at midnight's coming and they've negotiated a contract. You know, in free agency in any sport. And all of a sudden at 12.01, contract's done. 12.01, contract's done. Got $100 million. You're saying, how did that happen so fast? Well, everything's been negotiated. Now, isn't that tampering if you're still under contract? Mm -hmm. I mean, league, right? Legally, so yes. So it's kind of, you can, you can get your way around it. At least talking to my collective agent. Boom, you get it done. I mean, how, do you, how does somebody sell you? I, I, I don't know how you get found out in name, image, and likeness unless you're really dumb or... And I don't like it that it's different in each state because that's not a uniformity out of those five guidelines. Somebody may say, yeah, have at it. So right. you can be, I, I don't know where the, where the government and law trumps the NC2A or vice versa. Right. So if Texas has no legislation on this, then it's wild, wild west. Apparently. Schools can do whatever they want. Under those five guidelines, Correct. I guess. And I can, I can beat the system by telling you, you got to get services. I'll, I'll make one of the collective guys, the second he walks on campus, invite him over. Right. Have him talk to your sales team and then pay him two hundred fifty grand. we are good to go. So that's, that's, that's where, I mean... <laughs> I'd get out, too. Yeah. I get it. I mean, we can continue this discussion. Like, I, I just, I, I want to know where lawmakers and the government is, like, are they going to try to get their hand in all of this? We'll discuss it as we continue to roll on. Get into the 7 o'clock hour right here on the Sean Salisbury Show. KBME Houston, KTVZ HD2 Houston, and iHeart Radio Station. How about the Mastos? And the Rockets! This is Sports Talk 790, your home for your home teams. Driven by the classic elite Buick GMC Studios for the elite car buying experience. Salisbury. 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 Houston! Okay, let's do this. Sean Salisbury. This is the Sean Salisbury Show. Second hour of the Sean Salisbury Show here on Sports Talk 790. You can also listen to us on the free iHeartRadio app. Sean Salisbury, Brian Lalima, Emmanuel Elmore. Rockets lose to the Pelicans. Astros acquire a left-handed bat and trade Cabbage. They got them, got him in an, a trade from the Angels. Seahawks get their head coach, former defensive coordinator Mike McDonald from the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, and I, if you do a chat GPT, the, the AI uh, Google search mm -hmm. on anything right now, you yeah. do it on this, it'll give you a, it gives a list of stuff. And done it before, and look, it's it's not the list. I, I listen. We can walk through the list of stuff of eligibility and representation, compensation, 
you know, like athletes can receive compensation for the name, image, and likeness, include endorsement, personal appearances, social media promotions, and more. So the truth is, and it goes through a list, so, and I've seen these lists, but on, on, on the AI uh, chat, when you ask for it on Google search, it'll give you 500 different things you want to see. It's not, it's not the guideline. Listen, put 25 guidelines down. It's the bo- in, inside that body yeah. wh- where it is. For instance, when you talk about uh, it can include compensation, can include social media posts. And with social media posts, so what if I agree to, you're recruiting me, and I'm a five-star guy, and I've been on campus, I come there, and all of a sudden, you're recruiting me, and, and, and you want three posts a day about our, your product. You're the, you're, you're the company owner. And you're going to pay me a hundred grand a post, and you want f- four a month. How's that? I'm talking about you're okay. a great player. Yep. And we are. You want you want you want the Heisman, or you're 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 already considered one of the best players. I mean, walking on campus, you're you're the that guy. guy. Yeah. Post. Hundred thousand a month. I need a dozen posts a month about our product. Doing a little video. So do you, that's okay. But hand to hand cash isn't. Is, I mean, come on now. Isn't it the same thing? You post. I mean, I mean, we get people now influencers all the time getting paid big money. The ones that have so many followers just to right. write. So what's the difference? Yeah. When they say services, I can get the services done in 30 days. If the contract says, here's what I want. Well, so is that, is that overboard? If you're Tennessee or if you're, you're at USC and you're recruiting me and I say, I'm in. So because I got 2 million followers and they love me, and by posting, aren't I giving you a service? Yeah. You're not hand-to-hand cash. But that's but, the service. Yeah, so, so. So they can make money off of that. And also, all you want to do is be able to track that I'm serve. Okay, cool. Here's what I'll do. Let's start posting for you. Great. Uh, the first of every month, we'll give you a hundred grand. Who we'll signed a two year deal for two million, uh, two point five million dollars? So what's a hundred grand? That's a uh, one point two million a year. You're the best player. We know it's going to be great. Now the contract ends if you leave school early or transfer. How's that? Right. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. So he signs that. Good. Good. So services rendered. So really all it would take for me to get it, if you really wanted to, if the collective wanted somebody bad enough or a school wanted without doing it, the collective, screw that, we'll give you a, a quarterly post. We just need a dozen quarterly, and that's 250 grand. So here you go. Is that services rendered? You're doing a service for them. They, and they only want, you know how some people say, well, you can't do that. That's, that. that's a cheating way to go buy hand-to-hand cash. But what if the product and the company owner says, they don't care. That we found out through our data and our, all of our anal- our study that people in our product love seeing social media posts. We get a lot of movement and sales, right? And he put a, a QR code up there. And he also gets bonuses for the number of people that come and buy our product. Isn't that services rendered? So they can do that. Mm-hmm. But you can't literally take the collective and send the guy a thing saying, hey, this company wanted to give you an upfront bonus for signing with them. Not the school, signing right. with them. Right. And now they're at school. Coach didn't have anything to do with it. You don't think a coach has stood up there in front of all their top boosters and said, this name, image, and likeness, we got we, we to put more into it. Didn't Matt Rule say it takes about $3 million to get a good coach? Yeah. I mean, good quarterback. quarterback. Yeah. I mean, some may not have as much collective money as others, and they don't. But you see what I'm saying? See how vague this is? I can get through these rules. If you, if you, hey, if, if you're wise, 
you can get through, especially that booster who's got a big ego, who's got more money, knows what to do, and say, yeah, I get my suite, I get this, I got that player. I'll, I'll, I got him for four years. And it's just, if he leaves and rent services rendered, pay, we were already paid up, you're gone. I'm not giving you any upfront money because I don't want to get hosed when you leave and it's already in your pocket. Because then you get into lawsuits and, yep. and, and, and these antitrust laws, and, tr- and then you're going to need a union and all that stuff. So, I don't know, name, image, and likeness to me, it serves its purpose the right way, it's, but it's headed in the wrong direction fast. Well, it's headed towards lawmakers. There was a meeting. Well, that's, that's when you know yeah. it's the biggest mistake on the planet, letting lawmakers decide college football recruiting. So this, uh, this was last week, a week ago today, actually. Uh, this, the NIL was the focus of a House hearing on Capitol Hill where lawmakers... And the government is like, are they going to try to get their hand in all of this? We'll discuss it as we continue to roll on. Get into the 7 o'clock hour right here on the Sean Salisbury Show. KDME Houston. KTVZ HD2 Houston. And I Heart Radio Station. How about the Mastos? And the Rockets. This is Sports Talk 790. Your home for your home teams. Driven by the classic elite Buick GMC Studios. For the elite car buying experience. Salisbury. Salisbury. Houston. Okay, let's do this. Sean Salisbury. Former NFL quarterback, Sean Salisbury. The USC Trump. Longtime friend, Sean Salisbury. Brian LaLima. Go Lobos. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop top, it says I'm gonna win big. This is the Sean Salisbury Show. Second hour of the Sean Salisbury Show here on Sports Talk 790. You can also listen to us on the free iHeartRadio app. Sean Salisbury, Brian Lima, Emmanuel Elmore, Rockets lose to the Pelicans. Astros acquire a left-handed bat and trade Cabbage. They got them, got him in an, a trade from the Angels. Seahawks get their head coach, former defensive coordinator Mike McDonald from the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, and I, if you do a chat GPT, the the AI uh, Google search mm-hmm. on anything right now, you yeah. do it on this, it'll give you a, it gives a list of stuff. And done it before, and look, it's it's not the list. I, I listen. We can walk through the list of stuff of eligibility and representation, compensation. You know, like athletes can receive compensation for the name, image, and likeness, include endorsement, personal appearances, social media promotions, and more. So the truth is, and he goes through a list. So, and I've seen these lists, but on on, on the AI uh, chat, when you ask for it on Google search, it'll give you five hundred different things you want to see. It's not it's not the guide. Listen put 25 guidelines down it's the body in inside that body yeah. where, where it is for instance when you talk about uh it can include compensation can include social media posts and with social media posts so what if i agree to you're recruiting me and i'm a five-star guy and i've been on campus i come there and all of a sudden you're recruiting me and, and, and you want three posts a day about your product you're the you're you're the company owner and you're going to pay me a hundred grand a post and you want for a month how's that i'm talking about you're a great player yep and we are you want you want you won the heisman or you're 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 already considered one of the best players i mean walking on campus you're you're the guy guy. yeah post hundred thousand a month i need a dozen posts a month about our product doing a little video so dude, that's okay, but hand-to-hand cash isn't. Is, I mean, come on now. Isn't it the same thing? You post. I mean, we get people now influencers all the time get paid big money. The ones that have so many followers just to right. write. 
So what's the difference? Yeah. When they say services, I can get the services done in 30 days. If the contract says, here's what I want. Well, so is that is that overboard? If you're Tennessee or if you're, you're at USC and you're recruiting me and I say, I'm in. So because I got 2 million followers and they love me, and by posting, aren't I giving you a service? Yeah. You're not hand-to-hand cash. But that's well, the service. Yeah, so, so... So they can make money off of that. And also, oh, all you want to do is be able to track that I'm... Ser- okay, cool. Here's what I'll do. I'll start posting for you. Great. Uh, the first of every month, we'll give you 100 grand. Who signed a two-year deal for $2 million, uh, $2.5 million. So what's 100 grand? That's uh, $1.2 million a year. You're the best player. We know it's going to be great. Now... The contract ends if you leave school early or transfer. How's that? Right? Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. So he signs that. Good. Good. So services rendered. So really all it would take for me to get it, if you really wanted to, if the collective wanted somebody bad enough or a school wanted without doing it, the collective, screw that. We'll give you a, a quarterly post. We just need a dozen quarterly, and that's 250 grand. So here you go. Is that services rendered? You're doing a service for them. They And they only want, you know how some people say, well, you can't do that. That's, that, that's a cheating way to go by hand-to-hand cash. But what if the product and the company owner says, they don't care. That we found out through our data and our, all of our, anal- our study that people in our product love seeing social media posts. We get a lot of movement in sales, right? And he put a, a QR code up there. And he also gets bonuses for the number of people that come and buy our product. Isn't that services rendered? So they can do that. Mm-hmm. But you can't literally take the collective and send the guy a thing saying, hey, this company... Wanted to give you an upfront bonus for signing with them. Not the school, signing with them. Right. And now they're at school. Coach didn't have anything to do with it. You don't think a coach has stood up there in front of all their top boosters and said, this name, image, and likeness, we we, got to put more into it. Didn't Matt Rule say it takes about $3 million to get a good coach? I mean, good quarterback. Quarterback, yeah. I mean, some may not have as much collective money as others, and they don't, but you see what I'm saying? See how vague this is? I can get through these rules. If you, if you, hey, if, if you're wise, you can get through them, especially that booster who's got a big ego, who's got more money, knows what to do, and say, yeah, I get my suite, I get this, I got that player. I'll, I'll, I got him for four years. And it's just, if he leaves and rent services rendered, pay, we were already paid up, you're gone. I'm not giving you any upfront money because I don't want to get hosed when you leave and it's already in your pocket. Because then you get into lawsuits and, yep. and, and, and these antitrust laws, and, tra- and then you're going to need a union and all that stuff. So, I don't know. Name, image, and likeness, to me, it serves its purpose the right way, it's, but it's headed in the wrong direction fast. Well, it's headed towards lawmakers. There was a meeting. Well, that's, that's when you know yeah. it's the biggest mistake on the planet, letting lawmakers decide college football recruiting. So, this, uh, this was last week, a week ago today, actually. Uh, this, the NIL was the focus of a House hearing on Capitol Hill, which included testimony from college players and athletic officials and the president of the NCAA, uh, what is it, President Baker, Charlie Baker. Uh, he spoke and he said, quote, at the NCAA, we are exhausting every option available to lead many of these long overdue reform efforts. You had uh, a football player from UCLA, Chase Griffin. He told lawmakers he has entered more than 40 NIL deals since the policy change allowed it. Well, 40 think, of them. I think that was in 2021. When the, yes, when the policy change was 2021. July or August of 21 or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 40 of them. So 40 of them at 10 grand is a lot of money. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of money. And if it's bigger than that, it's a lot of money. So 
say what you want. You would never have gone and asked that player if he wasn't coming to your school, the collective or whoever's doing it, name, image, and likeness, your big booster. You would have never just sought him out and saying, hey, because if you're, if you're a really big influencer, guess what happens? It doesn't matter where you're. You're national on, on, you're, you're on social media. That covers everybody, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not just the local around the school. You're trying for that kind of money. Hell, I want to make sure you, you impact me across the country that somebody wants to buy my product in another state. Point is, isn't that literally? Do you think without the team telling you in the collective, the school telling you in the collective, we love this guy. Do you think they go on and read rivals and say, well, he's a four-star guy. Uh, let's go get that guy. And we'll tell the coach who we're going to pay. No, it so the collective's figuring out who they're paying. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. So the coach doesn't go in and say, five-star, five-star, five-star. We need those three guys. Got to get him. You're telling me there's nobody that communicates. All of a sudden, some, they, they hired a guy who's a college football recruiting expert for the collective. So he goes and he's the one, 25 years old, just walked off a of campus saying, hey, man, I am really into this. You should see what Rivals has this guy rated. He's a five-star. Well, what if the school's not recruiting him? You have to communicate with somebody in recruiting coordinator, coach. Hey, co- quarterback, coach, coordinator. What do you think about this guy? Five-star mm-hmm. out of Southern California. Love him. Five-star out of Scottsdale. Five-star out of Tech Houston. What do you think? Oh, gosh. Love the guy. And you, and you wink at him. And give him a thumbs up, meaning it's going to take more than that. But right. I didn't tell you. You get my point. Yeah. I know some of it's hyperbolic, but really, in truth, it's not. It, it's not. So I am just fascinated by the. And if you look at these, you got to be an idiot not to understand one how to get around it, two to blow it. Yeah. If you're the if you're the coaching staff of the school, and three if you're the player, you control it because if you somebody gives you it and you and you go somewhere else. What a sellout you can be. Yeah, they offered me this, but I ended up going to Alabama. They gave me $200,000 in cash in my pocket. What? They ain't making him give the cash back. Yeah, he's, he gets to keep it. The school's going to get punished. Right. Now, if I'm, the, if I'm a person who's paying the money to the guy, there is got to come a point in time because you're going to get these big boosters. They're going to get day, the guys, if you paid him up front illegally and then he wants his money back, how are you going to go back and say, well, I paid him. Well, you weren't supposed to pay him. You didn't get that money back. But you are not allowed to be on the collective anymore, and you can't have nothing to do with the university. See, it's, it's, it, the slope is slippery. I don't know where inside all these guidelines, oh, I, I can find a way to get a guy paid without in render services without having him plated down by the time the fall comes around. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's, I got a college. I, I can read through that. Right. And, and without being an idiot, okay? I can hand-to-hand it without hand-to-hand it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's ways around it. Uh, and then real quick before we get to the stakeout, members of this House committee that heard this hearing uh, last week are weighing a proposal known as the Fair College Sports Act. This bill creates a set of rules for schools to follow nationwide, including legal protections for players entering NIL contracts. So... We're headed down a path where uh, the government and lawmakers are going to get involved unless the NCAA figures this whole thing out. But until then, it's the wild, wild west, and it is what it is. You got college coaches leaving uh, to go to the NFL to become assistant coaches. The latest is Jeff Halfley. He was the Boston College head coach. He is now the defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. Let's get to the stakeout next, right here on the Sean Salisbury Show. Back to the Sean Salisbury Show on Sports Talk 790. I'm a diehard fan. Houston Sports. Your Astros. Your Rockets. Your Voice.
right, Sean. What are you hearing out there? Now, the Salisbury Stakeout. Salisbury Stakeout. On the Sean Salisbury Show. It's time for the stakeout here on the Sean Salisbury Show. Sean Bryan and Triple E. Rockets lose to the Pelicans. Astros acquire a left-handed bat and Trey Cabbage from the Angels via a trade. Seahawks get their head coach, defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, leaving the Baltimore Ravens to be the head coach in Seattle. All right, Sean, for the stakeout, let's go to the NBA. The NBA approves a plan to have their draft held over a two-day format for the first time in the NBA history. It's going to be held at Say the, that louder. It's going to be held at the Barclays Center. Um, the NBA draft mm-hmm. is now going to be held over a two-day format for the first time. Why? That's what I was going to be my question. Why? Who the hell cares? Past the first seven or eight picks, ten picks, do you do you do you pay attention? No, you just wait till the next day to read it. Right? I don't even so really you, pay attention to the draft. So, so wait a minute. Let me get this straight. You're actually going to think that we're going to tune in to watch the second round? Yeah, that's what uh, Adam Silver and the NBA are uh, thinking here. You want to talk about the most desperate? They look at the NFL. Let me just explain something to the NBA and their. At times, high and mighty approach to certain things. I like Adam Silver. I think he's he's one of the best commissioners. Well, he definitely has the relationship with owners and his players. He's bridged the gap between the two. There's no question. And what he did during COVID and, and when, you know, teams were trying to uh, cancel games and postpone games, Adam Silver said, no, we ain't doing that. And how he's trying to limit load management and all that. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you, I have zero interest. And I, this doesn't mean I don't love basketball, but I have enough trouble watching past one round of the NFL draft because I can just read as a as a scroll across. I'm not, and I know some do. It's awesome, and the NFL's cornered the market on mm-hmm. how to turn this into an event for three days where everybody's loving it and doing it and and going through it and these draft gurus, everything. But I just watch the, the when I get to the second and third round, like oh my gosh, they got John Mechie, what a great get, right? You you, you, you kind of go through it and do it, but I'm not sitting my clock by. Three straight days, a draft. I know why some do. Good for them. It's just not for me. I sure as hell am not saying, what, what are we going to do next? We're going to have a made-for-television uh, constantly. I mean, I know they do on, I think, Baseball Network, but we're going to have all the rounds of the Major League Baseball draft on TV so we can tune in on day nine. I hope not. No interest. Now, that doesn't mean that the ninth-round player, it's not important to him and he's not going to be a great player. I don't, I don't mean that. Or that second-rounders. Was Tony Parker a second-rounder? A late first, second-rounder? Guy, there, there's a lot of good players. I don't even believe my guy. Uh, um, what's my guy from Villanova who's in the Knicks right now? Why am I losing my mind? Oh, uh, damn it. Player of the year. Um, gosh dang, I was watching him over the weekend. Now I'm, I've got this name, image, and like this. What's my, what the, the guard's name? He's an MVP candidate now. He went to Villanova and he was a, he's a great player. And uh, Is it J? Why are we having trouble coming up with his name? J- uh, Jalen Brunson. Brunson. There you go. Thank you. Say that on air, Triple E. Come yeah, on, man. Say Jalen Brunson. Chest, baby. There, there you go. <laughs> you don't have to whisper that. Dude, he's been on a run. And Jalen he's, Brunson. He's got, he is as improved as, I mean, he since he's come out of Villanova, every year gets better. And he's thrust himself in MVP talk. We really has. just we really just hit a complete blank right I there. I did. I'm saying everything. Man. And I, we just I, talked I about it last week, I, too. And I literally was watching them play handful of nights ago, or yeah. even might have even been over the weekend. I don't think Brunson was a first-round pick. I think he was. Am I, am I right? Late, he might have been a second-round pick. There's a perfect example. 
just one example, and there's more than that, of guys. Now, 30, I made, 33rd overall pick. Okay. So that's second round. Second correct? round. There you go. So, and, he's, and he's a hell of a player. So it doesn't mean you can't get good players there. For me... I won't turn. I, you, do you think I'm honestly going to watch the second round of this draft? No, you don't even know. Even in the first round, dude, I'm not watching the 28th pick. I'm just sorry, I'm not. You don't know these guys, and a couple things. You only have to be in college for what one year to get drafted. Now, a lot of them are coming from Europe, or they're coming from G leagues, or you have to or, watch or highlights wherever. to know how what kind of game they got. Read scouting reports. Yeah. You, listen, don't don't please don't tell me you know the guy from, not you that that, that came over from. Uh, I, I don't. What it? What it? Yugoslavia. He's a right. That he's that you know. Serbia. Right there, you go. And you don't know how they're going to pan out. I, and, and, I mean, they don't. Have, they don't. Uh, what, do they? They have a combine for right. the NBA, but it's not te- heavily heavily televised like the NFL. Listen, you, you just watch it like Luka Doncic's of the world that you mm-hmm. want. You say, "Oh, let me see that highlight." Or I never watched Wembenyama play a full game in high school. Did you? Or in, in his home country? Whatever he was doing, yeah, in France. Well, I saw highlights. Right. And listen to people talking and watch more. I say, damn, that guy, you know, look at that compilation. Pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. And then you read what people are saying. L- listen, I- I'm going to tell you, I have not ever watched the entire first round of an NBA draft. And I sure as hell have never set my clock by it. I, now, the, the wondering if you're going to get the first pick, we all, how many balls are in there? And, and, and you're going to get the, when you draw and you get the first pick when the lottery, right? What you're picking now that that's more exciting to me than the actual draft because we kind of get an idea about the first five or six seven right. players no brainer right but I have zero idea I know the TV and, you th- and maybe they've they've done their research says yep even that people want to hear and they are those the, the, those hardcore folks that want to know I I can find out reading the bottom line and go into it then ask somebody who knows about it because I don't profess to tell you that now I watch college basketball and, and I know the players but like you said I I, I I, where'd Victor Wembanyama go to high school? I couldn't tell you. Right, but I, I, I can tell you where Bill Walton went to high school. Right, when at Helix High. It, point is, is that we've gotten so talk about bandwidth on getting great NBA players. Mm-hmm. It's hard to keep up with a guy from Italy or Yugoslavia or Serbia, other than watching my highlights. Because I doubt you're sitting, you're, you're you're waking up at two in the morning to go watch some guy play because they got it on. It's live streaming somewhere that you've never. That you've you're not never, doing. You're not right. Stop it. Yeah. So the NBA <laughs> draft for me. Once you get by the first handful of picks, it, it's I care about the players, but I don't care about the draft. Does that make sense? Yep. I can find out the next day. I'm not, ooh, let's have a draft party where I'm sitting around drinking a beer and the 18th pick comes down. That's not for me. Now, for others, it may be. I just can't fathom that people are hanging on every pick in the second round. For the kid, it changes his life. But in truth, come on, man. It's a, at that point in time, it's, well, I think this guy, how do you judge the second round of the NBA draft if you're even a draft guru? Unless Woj is getting told who they are, do you think he really knows who the 24th pick of the second round was going to be before somebody told him? Stop it. And he's the $10 million a year insider. So you can love hoops, and I do, and love watching college basketball, I do. Hell, even a good high school game on your TV. Right. But save me the two-day deal. Hell, by the third day of the NFL draft, you gotta be you gotta be spent. Yeah. And the last thing I want is for you to tell me. Can you imagine half hey, we want you to do a radio show. They cover the second round of the NBA draft. Uh, I got the flu. I ain't covering the second round of the NBA draft on a show. Cause really all the talk you're giving me is BS anyway.
Okay. Because the, 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 the local guy in Boston has no idea in the second round who the guy from Serbia is other than watching uh, uh, YouTube highlights like you and I would do. Yeah. All right, so save it. Now, there are those ones that are deep dive, and that's fine. I have never watched a second round or other than scrolling. I, I, I've never watched the full first round of the NBA draft. I haven't. Hell, I have enough trouble watching the whole first round of the NFL draft. Now, some are like, wait a minute, what? If it's my team and I'm waiting until the 32nd pick, great. I'll see you then. I watch the first 10, 12 picks. And then even if I'm not at home and I'm having dinner, I ain't sprinting home because I can't get the fifth pick. I'll catch it when I get home and get an idea. Because guess what they're going to do? They're going to rerun that. Remember how they show highlights coming out of break? And with the fifth pick of the draft. So for me, I love the draft. I just am not tuned in for six hours on TV. And I sure as hell don't want to watch an NBA draft second round to entertain me. Yeah. Uh, No. And I love basketball. Right. Not that much. No. Sorry. Yeah, I, I just think with the amount of European players, which is a good thing. Awesome. And But with players coming out of college after just one year, they don't have time to build their brand, so to speak, right? These guys in college football, they, they got to play three years or, well, not the same school, but at least three years removed from high school yes. to build their brand. So you know these guys. I don't really have interest in the NBA draft. Right, and I watch a ton of college basketball. Right. A ton of it. Matter of fact, probably more college basketball than I do when it went overall, like games, because they're playing during the week than you, than you would an NFL game. I'll watch a Thursday night Kentucky, Kentucky-Louisville game before I'll watch a full NFL game on Thursday night. That's the honest to God truth, especially at this time of year when they're battling for March Madness, right? right? I, I just get more entertained by it. That's just me. But, and to who the freshman, and who, you know who those first 15 are. I saw this guy play at Vanderbilt, and I said, okay, great. But when you get to the second round, crap shoot. And then if you watched him play, say, man, that guy's been like we got one here. You think Cam Whitmore's gonna be any good? Uh yeah. How much did you know about him other than watching him when his name started to come up, but two years ago, how much you know about Cam Whitmore? A little I mean, bit, right? Just a little bit. And yeah. I, and I, I knew I, he was a good player. You're but... Damn right. But my point is I think the guy is gonna end up being I, better than the guy who was drafted ahead of him. See, that's I was literally just, just gonna segue right into to some about Rockets talk. Can't, with with with, with Jalen Gray. Who, yeah. I think Whitmore got a chance to be star power in yeah. this league. Let's, and knew about him, but you didn't right. know and you hear people talk about translate, and you never know how it's gonna translate until he gets here. But so that you watch it and you see it. But if I missed when he was drafted, yeah. I'll go back and review it and see it. That's right. just me. The NBA draft doesn't that doesn't overly interest me. The lottery does, the draft doesn't. I think the lot- I have a pretty good idea of the first ten guys. I think the lottery Honestly, if the Rockets are involved, it does a little bit more for me than the NBA draft. There's, by far, this year, we're all oh, hanging. Yeah. There's no doubt. Then the draft, okay, we know if this guy's gone, you're taking this guy. Right. If that guy's gone, you're taking this guy. Pretty pretty simple for the most part. Yeah. But once you get into the teens, the 24th pick in the NBA is like the third round pick in the NFL. Sometimes it's got, you know what I'm saying, maybe a star, maybe not. You hit a big one, but it's not like people aren't, Clamoring to get the guy. Now you'll find out that they missed, like they all we all do at times on on our evaluation. But second round, two days, stop it. Yeah, just stop it. It's like the mid season in season tournament and the preseason <laughs> tournament and the postseason tournament. I mean, it is a mad scramble, and quite frankly, it is desperate, is what it is. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about the Rockets. They fell to the Pelicans last night. Let's look at Cam Whitmore and Jalen Green's night. That's next on Sports Talk Seven Ninety. The Sean Salisbury Show continues on Sports Talk 790. Home for your home teams.
You're listening to the Sean Southbury Show right here on Sports Talk 790. Sean Bryan and Triple E. Astros acquiring a left-handed bat in a trade with the Angels. They get Trey Cabbage. Seahawks get their head coach, former defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, leaving the Ravens to go be the head coach in Seattle. Let's talk about the Houston Rockets. They fell to the Pelicans last night, 110-99. Been a little inconsistent as of late, Sean. Yeah, some, the grind of the season will get you, and they, you know, we've, it is a, there's ebbs and flows for a lot of NBA teams. You just can't, the past, they would have stayed, you know, you can't let it sit there for 10, 12, 14 games, right? But a little sluggish. What is the, where are they at right now? Um, Last 10 games. Let's that see. Last 10? Yeah, I got the last 10 right here. I was looking at Jalen Green. He had uh, 30, 31 in that loss last night. He's, and that's he's what you get. You need that regularly, right? The yeah. guy's so gifted. that That's the question. Can you get it on a regular basis? Let's see. Has he fit to uh, Udoka what he wants to do on a regular basis? Their last 10. Let's see. They lost to the Pelicans, beat the Lakers, lost to the Nets, beat the Hornets, lost to the Blazers, Lost to the Celtics, beat the Jazz, and then after that they lost three straight. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Like four and six or something? Three and seven? Uh four and seven. Okay, last four 11. and seven. Last yeah. eleven. So in that did did isn't that basically who they are? Just up and I mean, win some. You know, you don't want a three game losing streak you like to get out of as soon as possible, but we expected the team to be better this year, and I believe they are. And it's not just based on record, based on their commitment to the defensive end. They, you're, I, I'm going to tell you, it's going to sort itself out on this roster and what they're doing as we move forward. I think that this team's headed in the right direction. I think they got the right coach. I do. Um, and when you look, at, if you didn't look at the record and just looked at the roster and the skill set on it, I mean, they're pretty frigging talented, right? Now the question is the maximizing of it and all the details that go into it, but are you shocked they lose three in a row? No. Doug, when you went through the win one, lose one, win one, and you know you tune, turn on your TV, you'll see flashes and moments of like, take care of the Lakers, boom, they get beat by somebody else. But that's kind of what we expected from this team. You didn't expect 30-plus wins, did you? No. Mm-mm. And were they, what, what, overall, since the last 11, where are they at right now? Overall? They're 22 and 25, third in the Southwest Division. And so they're like, we're not at the All-Star game yet. No. 22 wins. They're already. Look at the, I know what we expect, but would you say 22 and 27? 22 and 25. 22 and 25. So 47 games in, you play 82 of them. So if it holds true and they win 18 more games, do the math. What's that? Because you're not because you already played 45. You got mm-hmm. what? What's it do? You got you're not you're you're a little past half the season. So if you just win 18 more games, 18 and 22 is what? 40. 40. 40 is that not a quantum leap? That's big time. <clears throat> it's a quantum leap and for that's, sure. And what, what youth can give you as long as there's a commitment, they've got some youth and some, is fresh legs. The ball's not that heavy. So if you're fortunate to stay healthy and you continue to, to buy into what the head coach is teaching you, when we say, what did we expect from them? If I told you this team was rolling it back this year and hitting and going 40 and 42, you would have said, give me it all day. 
all day. They're on that pace. Even if they got to 38, what was their total last year? 20 what? 20. Mid-20s? 20, yeah, something like that. Almost double. I mean, a, a, a third more wins, more than a third more wins at, by the end of the season, as long as they go into the, you know, don't go. And that's, that's, that's think about their record now, 22 and 25. That's with a th- th- uh, three straight losses. So you're looking at a, at a, a team that's got a pretty damn good chance to blow by their win total last year, which means I still think they're another year away from hitting the ground running and being a legit playoff threat. Now, who knows what kind of role they go on to get in, right? But the day, the, the one thing about the NBA, it's, it's twofold. One, you get to see it in your face every single day. So if they're struggling, it's, it's not like you waited a week and kind of forgot three days later, right? You play, boom, you're playing two nights later, and so it's back. And the, the great thing about that is, is you also as a player and as a fan, it doesn't fester. They won 22 games last year. They're already, already there, there. And, they're, and they're not the All Star game hadn't even hit yet. Yeah. So point is, is it that you get, you can get over it quickly? There's nothing fair. You lost last night. You lost three in a row. Go, go win three in a row. You'll in a week. You've played three of them, so you're you're good to go. So 22, they're already at their win total. If I told you they were going to be at it by the All Star break, you'd have said, "Yeah, their talent says they can, but are they really ready on the buy in f- less than 50 games into a new coach?" Well, here you are. So how can this be looked at as a disappointment? Listen, I know we'd love it all to be the Texans. They turn around and win the, the division. Guess what ain't happening this year? That. They're not the best team in the Western Conference. That's not going to happen. But they are making it to the point where they're no buy game now. you got to show up and play against them. Yeah, they're, and they're just two games outside of the uh, playing tournament. That's my point. So if I told you that 45, 47 games in, you would have said all in. They gotta, that they're doing everything. At least they're, they're, they're making strides towards being the team that we expect them to be, which I think is 24-25 season. They got a better uh, record than the Golden State Warriors. Dude, the Warriors are 20-24. and 24. The Warriors run of dominance. Now, make, they, they may piece it together, but of it's over. Yeah. And you know who Bob Myers, now what's he with Washington, with Bob Myers helping run that and, and go out and does their search and help run their organization, their former GM, president? Guess what? He knew it, too. He got out. He knew it, too. Yeah. Helped build it. They, 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 and when I say it's over, it's not like well, they're going to go and, listen, Steph's getting along. Clay, hell, there's been talk about, is it, did I hear something where there's talk about moving Clay Thompson? I, I, I mean, did I, did I hear that as well? Um, that the possible movement that he's tradable. I mean, I don't know. I mean, of course he's tradable, but are you, are you going to move on from him? Uh, or did you need him as a lifer? My point is, Golden State's run as that team, uh, that's the team that in the West also that's up in, in the Rocky Mountains. That's the, that's the Denver Nuggets now. Yeah. That, and, and, it was and, a, and it's been a hell of a run. When I say it's over, it doesn't mean four years from now they can't redo it, but I'm talking about... You don't fear, other than Steph and those guys getting hot, Golden State doesn't strike fear into you anymore. And there are rumors that the Warriors could trade Clay Thompson. I've been reading that for a while now, and it's going to build to a crescendo. And right now, listen, if you're going to do it, wouldn't it be now? And if you're Clay Thompson, you get traded to a contender, which where he'd go, wouldn't you like it? Kind of? You would think so. Yeah. Get him out of there and get to a contender. So, hey, they have nothing to apologize for. But that run of dominance... Done. Yeah, they're gonna have to go. They're gonna have to rebuild it like everybody else does. At some point, the run always ends. It's ended for the Lakers. 
It ended for the Celtics for a minute. They're back in the mix on a regular basis. Denver's now the beast out there with some other teams obviously thriving in the West. And yeah, T-Wolves in Oklahoma City, uh, one and two in the Western Conference. There you go. That's another team that's taking steps. So, for me, I they may have to start shipping off pieces, but it happens. And... If I'd have told you they'd be better than Golden State this year with that route, you'd have said, yeah, maybe it's at some point. But we've started to see hints of the last couple of years this happening, right? That runs over, and, and hopefully the Rockets runs beginning. But at, at already tiring their win total this year, uh, I'm all here for it. Remember last week when the Bucks fired their head coach? I do. And uh, they brought in Doc, Doc Rivers? Yep. Hmm. Let's take a look at what uh, they've done. It's been, a, been a, a very difficult start for the good doctor. It sure has. Let's talk about it next on Sports Talk 790. More Sean Salisbury on Sports Talk 790, where Astros and Rockets play. And real Texans talk. Talk Dallas Cowboys football next segment at eight o'clock. Jerry Jones talking out of his ass once again. What did he say about Mike McCarthy, Bill Belichick, and the 2024 season? That's next segment. Can't wait to hear uh, and read some of these quotes from uh, Jerry Jones. A little throwback Thursday. What's the uh, theme? Well, Kellen the- Moore is our quarterback. Oh, that's right. No, he's not. He's now two teams removed. Is it Cooper Rush? Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush. Not going to do it. I'd, I'd hire Bill. Right now. Just so Mike knows that, Mike, that that plank, you're at the end of it. About to push if, you off. If, if, you, if you don't jump, I might push you for Bill. <laughs> and and our quarterback still Dak Prescott. He is. I like Cooper Rush. Cooper can win for us now. Cooper did his job. He's still our backup. He's still our backup, but we're always looking to upgrade the roster. And, you know, we got that wide receiver. His name's CD's Nuts. Yeah. Oh, my I bad mean, guys. My bad guys. I meant CD Lamb. CD Lamb. You know the joke, you know, guys. You know the joke, guys. I like to, mar- matter of fact, I might. I'm a good marketer. I might market CD's Nuts. Me and Steven joke about it all the time. And yeah, I remember the time Steven was sitting at a game and CD had like 14 catches. And he said, you see these nuts, Jerry, or pops? And I said, son, not damn. here. That's not politically that's, correct. That's not correct. <laughs> Have you guys... I don't know if Jerry's ever... If Jerry can even spell politically correct. <laughs> <laughs> he can't, dude. No way. You know what, dude? I, lo- I, honest, I love him, though. Mm. I, I, mm. And the reason why it talked... He, he, he's a... A blast talk to, and I mean, he's the greatest marketer on the planet. Oh, there's no question. And Mark Cuban right next to him, and it says we right. talk about the same city. I loved you. Now, I imagine if you work for him, the meddling probably drive you a little crazy and stuff. But from my view, I love it because he gives you great fodder. Yeah, he Jerry loves winning. I'm talking about it everything, right? He just got to get to when he said the shift tonight. I know part of his comment talking about the shift in direction for the Cowboys. Maybe that means I'm going to put my ego down and go hire a guy. At some point, a guy like Belichick, like we did with Jimmy Johnson, not care about the power stuff. Mm-hmm. Like when, when George Steinbrenner kind of removed himself from that and Brian Cashman. And you know what I'm saying? You get to a point where the meddling, just sit back, enjoy all your billions, put somebody in charge, 
and the truth is they probably need a non-Jones. And Stephen Jones knows football, but a non-Jones, like like some guy like Veach from Kansas City that, that is your GM. Yeah. It's almost, you know how somebody will hire somebody that's outside the bubble? I feel like the Cowboys need that. Does that yeah, make sense? They do. So they, it's I not because everything there seems incestual. Does that make sense? Yes. And it's okay as long as you got somebody that'll say, hang on a second, Jerry. What are we doing here as a GM? Whether it's the coach, the wide receiver, the running back, whatever it is, right? Or who you're as an assistant. But I do. I love Jerry because these fun conversations. Yeah. And only Jerry. And is there another owner? That's the face of a franchise like him. No, in the in NFL uh, or in any sport. I'm talking about. I know they all got the money, but when you go to the first guy you go to at a press, call, where's Jerry? Where's Jerry? Not right. the quarterback. Not, where's Jerry? Why? Because you know he's going to say something in that conference that's going to have you say, "Ooh, that's four more stories I, mean, I can write," or "There's another broadcast show I can do because Jerry gave me some fodder." Let's say CD's nuts. Let's say Tony <laughs> Pollard had the football at the five yard line, trying to get into the end zone, late game. In the playoffs, and he fumbles, they lose because of that fumble. They're not going to Tony Pollard. They're going straight to Jerry Jones to get his reaction. Of course they are. I love I, love I mean, Tom. Pollard, he runs hard. Look, he fumbled the football. It's inexcusable. Can't hold on to the lamp. Can't hold on to my football. But but I love, he's a, he's a, he's a, cat, he's a Dallas Cowboy. He, he's a, he's, he represents a star well. He is, and I talked to Troy Aikman about him. Troy loves him. It's good enough for Troy. It's good enough for me. Oh, I can't wait to uh, Troy. Come on. I can't wait to talk about uh, the Cowboys and what Jerry Jones said. Next segment, right at uh, eight o'clock. What uh, What's the theme today, Triple E? I hear a little uh, oh, yeah, a little rock. I mean, today, yep. just rock. Yeah, yes, sir. All yeah, rocking with your you know, rock out with your um, socks out. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You get it? <laughs> yeah. Sean knows about socks. Sean. Yeah, yeah, calf sleep, high, too. Sleeping with the socks, too? Mm. Flat calf. Get the hell out of here, man. Oh, okay. I yeah. don't sleep with socks on. You don't? Hell no. Oh, I thought you... Okay. No. I thought he did, too, Triple no. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Full, nice. And wool pajamas, too. Wool? Yeah, wool. So I can mm. really sweat it out. Yeah, no. Ain't no pajamas on me. The sheets. Silk sheets. Oh, man. What a what a, what an investment that was. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's the worst too. Did you did you go and get some flannel instrument? sheets? Who has flannel? I know. Are people those are a go, thing? Oh yeah, flannel sheets. Cold cold places they're sold everywhere. What? That's another one. The silk sucks ass, which I'll never have in my house. If I do, just burn them because that ain't ever happened. Yeah. And on the on the other side, when somebody says, "Hey, got some flannel sheet," what? Why don't you just sleep in a steam room, you clown? <clears throat> who who has flannel? Oh, it's freezing. Two blankets. I, dude, I could no sooner sleep on, on flannel sheets than walk from here to Pittsburgh. Yeah, they mean, got L.L. Bean's got a pretty good deal right now on uh, flannel unless sheets. Unless you're outside in a tent camping. Dude. What in the world are you doing with flannel sheets in the crib? <laughs> Somebody call in and tell me they got flannel sheets, and I need to know the reason. Now, if you're, listen, 90, circulation, you're freezing. You know, I, I get your grandma. Get needs four blankets. I get it. Or the the other one too is the what is it called? The electric blanket. The old school yeah, the electric blanket. Blankets. Oh yeah. And if you're not feeling well, I get all that. I'm just talking about Dude. you. If I if you told me, oh man, Sean, I love these. Dude, these Sean, flannel I slept with the flannel sheets last night. What? Yeah. Uh, Amazon's got them on sale for forty nine ninety nine right now. If you want it, can't wait. Black and red. You know the old school flannel look. Can't wait. Cotton double brushed flannel sheet set. Yeah, no. Yeah, flannel and flannel and silk should never enter your bedroom on your bed ever. <laughs>
Hey, by the way, I, I tease this. Let's pay it off before we get to the 8 o'clock hour. The Bucks, you know, they fired their head coach, hired Doc Rivers. It stops there, doesn't it? They See what lost. I did there? They lost two in a row. Yeah, the Bucks stops there. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. And uh, talking about that defense. Man, not a lot of defense. They've allowed 113 points and 119 points in that in those two losses. So, really good good decision by the Milwaukee Bucks. Really, really good. Actually, it's probably not even by the Bucks. Probably more so of Giannis and uh, Dame Lillard. You know, great job, fellas. Yep. You should probably. You guys should probably be in the in the. Uh, well, I tell you what, they're two losses away from front this fire doc. No, what they'll do. <laughs> Win eight in a row, yeah. then fire him. Right. That's how we right. do things. Get, get to eight and two. Hey, we're on a roll, fire Doc. He told us we didn't play good enough defense. You know, you, fire him. you mentioned uh, Brian Cashman. Heard of him. How is he? How does he still have a job? Didn't, didn't the Chargers just fire their GM, right? Because they continue to lose and lose and lose. Fire their GM. The Yankees haven't sniffed anything past the ALCS in years. And yet Brian Cashman continues to get. Hall passes are a good thing, brother. All past. Isn't it crazy the two different when sports? Comes, when it comes to sports. Oh, yeah. Man. Uh, we can talk about that when later you're, when, show, when, you're, when you're as Teflon as any front office guy in the history of the game. Yeah, it's good Brian Cashman. Agreed. Crazy. Look at it. There you go. Unbelievable. Everybody needs that leash, right? Yeah. Well, take that leash right now. What did Jerry Jones of the Dallas Cowboys have to say about Bill Belichick? We'll discuss it next on Sports Talk 790. KBME Houston. KTBZ HD2 Houston. And iHeartRadio Station. Sports Talk 790. Home of the Astros. And the Rockets. Your home for your home teams. Driven by the Classic Elite Buick GMC Studios for the elite car buying experience. Salisbury. Salisbury. Houston! Okay, let's do this. Sean Salisbury. Longtime friend Sean Salisbury. Brian LaLima. The Lobos. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop top, it says I'm gonna win big. This is the Sean Salisbury Show. 802 here in Houston, Texas. You're listening to the Sean Salisbury Show on Sports Talk 790. Sean Salisbury, Brian LaLima. Emmanuel Elmore, the Rockets lose to the Pelicans. The Astros acquire a left-handed bat in Trey Cabbage. They received him via trade from the Angels. Seahawks get their head coach. It's defensive coordinator Mike McDonald from the Baltimore Ravens. Let's talk about Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, Jerry Jones, he's the gift that keeps on giving. Am I right, Sean? You get it, right? Bill Belichick. Yeah. Let's see what he said about old Billy. Isn't it weird how the greatest coach of all time, they're not standing in line for him at uh, teams? Is it, bo- is it, is it, is it not bothering? Bothersome, not bother you, but is it, do you find it odd? I find it, I find it, just it a straight shift on what we do. So, you know what? When, when we've talked about this coaching carousel in the NFL and all of these potentials, I think the thing that, I don't, wouldn't say it's it's very surprising to me. If you told me that Mike Vrabel would still not be a head coach and Bill Belichick was, that would surprise me more because I can understand from an owner's perspective or a GM's perspective of mm, maybe we don't want to go with Bill Belichick. Maybe we want to go a little bit younger because that's the that's what's going on in the NFL. You're seeing all these young head coach. Mike McDonald's 36 years old and he's now a head coach. We saw we saw it with McVay, Sean McVay when he was hired, and there's tons of other examples. Mike Vrabel not getting run with interviews is more surprising than Bill Belichick 
not having a head coaching job. Yeah, I, I don't. To me, I don't understand. It's either a, the, the the old sneak attack is on, meaning, meaning not sneak attack for, you know, as in we normally say the word. I mean the phrase, but sneak attack. And maybe uh, is Mike Vrabel going about this in a very private matter, as maybe Washington, where they're saying laying low, we're doing this, but. Wouldn't you have been, I guess maybe you're now, you hold the cards if you're watching, you're not afraid Vrabel's getting another job, the last one left. Yeah. Or the Dan Quinn. So you can sit back and say, but I've always believed this. If you can't get the guy you want or the second guy you want, and the longer this takes, it can only be one of two things. You have not loved a candidate yet. And I tell you, if you don't love him, I don't blame you, but that's a, some candidates to go through. You haven't found one you love yet. Is there one on these two staffs you got in mind that you're going to hire? And who would it be? I'm thinking the only one that feels like it would be is Steve Wilkes from yeah, Carolina. From the defensive coordinator mm-hmm. for, for the 49ers. Oh, sorry, 49ers. Yeah, and yeah. I, who was at Carolina. Yeah, I was going to say he was in Carolina. Yeah, I know, I know it was. And, and, and I, in Kansas City, I'm thinking I'm going through the staff. Spagnolo, maybe? Mm-hmm. Do you, are you to the point now where you want Steve? I actually feel that Steve Spagnolo, who has been a phenomenal defensive coordinator. I, I almost feel like Steve fits that bill of lifetime assistant now. He's been a head coach, right? That maybe that, that his best is doing this, but I'm sure he wants to be a head coach, get another shot again. And maybe they're, maybe that's the deal. But the Vrabel-Belichick thing, if you don't love a guy, I understand why you don't hire him. Don't hire somebody you like. Hire somebody you love. I get it. But it's either... The problem is if you don't know if you still honestly have no you're not targeting one guy you say that's my guy that you haven't signed yet that the negotiations are so heavy and heated that you're going through we'd think an insider would already know that right to let us know but if that's the case and you're just indecisive oh my gosh you know the first thing that comes to mind please not again in Washington in a different way but you can't be that indecisive because right. if you're indecisive and hiring the guy Aren't you going to be indecisive in a lot of other decisions you make? Yeah. So if you love yeah. him, get it done. If you don't, then I get it. Or it's one of the two guys that's still left, or meaning one of the two teams that's still left. I, I, but to me, I don't even think it is. I don't. I, I think, I think the Commanders full on thought they were going to get Ben Johnson. I really do. Well, and then when he said no. They're scrambling. See, you know that you know how it caught me by surprise because I've told you all along that. In this cycle, he's getting a job. Mm-hmm. Little did we know that he was going to treat it the same way he did last year or that he wanted $15 million bucks a year right. as a guy who's never been a head coach in the NFL. Now, I know he's holding, held in high regard, but I could still see how if a team would tread lightly and with some trepidation of $15 million for five or six, what? And the guy hasn't, he just came off a loss. He's been phenomenal, but do we, the leadership, do, do we know he's ready? I, I get it. Now, if Bill asked for it, you say, well, hell, for 15, that's a bargain because he's been in the league so long and he's, he's got all these Super Bowls. There, there's a pattern of head coaching history success, right? Or even Mike Vrabel. But uh, it, to me, and we know how important players are because Bill struggled without Brady and Vrabel, when he's had to go around, hasn't been healthy and hadn't had weapons. He's struggled the last a couple years as well. Happens. But the Ben Johns thing surprised me because I thought there's no Brady. That's why they're waiting. Right. Wait till Detroit plays, and apparently they were. But he said no, and he—it's almost like he dared you. If you give me the fifteen million, that means you love me. You offer me eight million, you don't love me. That—the fifteen million is four times what the coach here makes. Four times. Yeah. 
And D'Amico's been a successful defensive coach as long as Ben Johnson's been a successful offensive coach. And the difference is, he's been to a Super Bowl, D'Amico. Ben Johnson at Detroit has not. Now, had him close. So, point is, when you're doing that, dude, I'm like, okay, so if Washington was dead set, let's say they were dead set on one of the guys and somebody else in any of these other jobs, Canales, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And they went somewhere else. And then you're dead set on Ben Johnson. Or if that was your boom, I want him. Or you, and, but the money just didn't fit. And we can't make that stride. That's a big jump, right? From a couple million dollar coordinator, or whatever it is, to a fifteen million dollar head coach. In truth, like a sixty million dollar head coach over five years, because that's what he was going to ask, and it's all guaranteed. So with that, the risk. Now you're at okay, but indecision. If you don't know this far into the cycle. I don't know what we're doing. KBME Houston. KTBZ HD2 Houston. And iHeartRadio Station. This is Sports Talk 790. Home of the Astros. And the Rockets. Your home for your home teams. Driven by the Classic Elite Buick GMC Studios for the Elite Car Buying Experience. Salisbury. Salisbury. Houston! Okay, let's do this. Sean Salisbury. Don't the NFL quarterback, Sean Salisbury. The USC Trump. Longtime friend, Sean Salisbury. Brian LaLima. Go Lobos. Can't stop, addicted to the shindig. Chop top, it says I'm gonna win big. This is the Sean Salisbury Show. 8.02 here in Houston, Texas. You're listening to the Sean Salisbury Show on Sports Talk 790. Sean Salisbury, Brian LaLima. Emmanuel Elmore, the Rockets, Sousa, the Pelicans. The Astros acquire a left-handed bat in Trey Cabbage. They received him via trade from the Angels. Seahawks get their head coach. It's defensive coordinator Mike McDonald from the Baltimore Ravens. Let's talk about Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. Old Jerry Jones, he's a gift that keeps on giving. Am I right, Sean? You get it, right? Bill Belichick. Yeah. Let's see what he said about old Billy. Isn't it weird how the greatest coach of all time, they're not standing in line for him at teams? Is it is it is it, is it not bothersome? Not bother you, but is it, do you find it odd? I find it. I find just it. a straight shift on what we do. So, you know what? When, when we've talked about this coaching carousel in the NFL and all of these potentials, I think the thing that... I don't, wouldn't say it's it's very surprising to me. If you told me that Mike Vrabel would still not be a head coach and Bill Belichick was, that would surprise me more because I can understand from an owner's perspective or a GM's perspective of mm, maybe we don't want to go with Bill Belichick. Maybe we want to go a little bit younger because that's the that's what's going on in the NFL. You're seeing all these young head coaches. Mike McDonald's 36 years old and he's now a head coach. We saw we saw it with McVay, Sean McVay when he was hired, and there's tons of other examples. Mike Vrabel not getting run with interviews is more surprising than Bill Belichick not having a head coaching job. Yeah, I, I don't to me. I don't understand. It's either a, the, the the old sneak attack is on, meaning meaning not sneak attack for you know as in we normally say the word. I mean the phrase, but sneak attack, and maybe is Mike Vrabel going about this in a very private matter as maybe Washington where they're saying laying low we're doing this but wouldn't you have been I guess maybe you're now you hold the cards if you're Washington you're not afraid Vrabel's get another job the last one left yeah or the Dan Quinn so you can sit back and say but I've always believed this if you can't get the guy you want 
or the second guy you want. And the longer this takes, it can only be one of two things. You have not loved a candidate yet. And I tell you, if you don't love them, I don't blame you. But that's a, some candidates to go through. You haven't found one you love yet. Is there one on these two staffs you got in mind that you're going to hire? And who would it be? I'm thinking the only one that feels like it would be is Steve Wilkes from yeah, Carolina. From the defensive coordinator mm-hmm. for, for the 49ers. Oh, sorry, 49ers. Yeah, and yeah. I, who was it, Carolina? Yeah, I was going to say he was in Carolina. Yeah, I know, I know it was. And, and, and I, in Kansas City, I'm thinking, I'm going through the staff, Spagnolo, maybe? Mm-hmm. Do you, are you to the point now where you want Steve? I actually feel that Steve Spagnolo, who has been a phenomenal defensive coordinator, I, I almost feel like Steve fits that bill of lifetime assistant now. He's been a head coach, right? That maybe that, that his best is doing this, but I'm sure he wants to be a head coach, get another shot again. And maybe they're, maybe that's the deal. But the Vrabel Belichick thing, if you don't love a guy, I understand why you don't hire him. Don't hire somebody you like, hire somebody you love. I get it. But it's either the problem is if you don't know if you still honestly have no you're not targeting one guy, you say that's my guy that you haven't signed yet, that the negotiations are so heavy and heated that you're going through it. We'd think an insider would already know that, right? To let us know. But if that's the case and you're just indecisive, oh my gosh, you know the first thing that comes to mind? Please not again in Washington in a different way, but you can't be that indecisive because right. if you're indecisive in hiring the guy, aren't you going to be indecisive in a lot of other decisions you make? Yeah. So if you love yeah. him, get it done. If you don't, then I get it. Or it's one of the two guys that's still left, or meaning one of the two teams that's still left. I, I, but to me, I don't even think it is. I don't. I, I think, I think the Commanders full on thought. They were going to get Ben Johnson. I really do. Well, and then when he said no, they're scrambling. See, you know that you know how it caught me by surprise because I've told you all along that in this cycle he's getting a job. Mm-hmm. Little did we know that he was going to treat it the same way he did last year, or that he wanted fifteen million bucks a year. Right. As a guy who's never been a head coach in the NFL, now I know he's holding, held in high regard, but I could still see how if a team would tread lightly and with some trepidation of fifteen million for five or six. What? And the guy hasn't, he just came off a loss. He's been phenomenal. But do we, the leadership, do, are, do we know he's ready? I, I get it. Now, if Bill asked for it, you say, well, hell, for 15, that's a bargain because he's been in the league so long and he's, he's got all these Super Bowls. There, there's a pattern of head coaching history success, right? Or even Mike Vrabel. But uh, it, to me, and we know how important players are because Bill struggled without Brady and Vrabel, when he's had to go around, hasn't been healthy and hadn't had weapons. He's struggled the last a couple years as well. Happens. But the Ben Johnson thing surprised me because I thought there's no brain. That's why they're waiting. Right. Wait till Detroit plays. And apparently thing. they were, but yeah. he said no. And he, it's almost like he dared you. If you give me the $15 million, that means you love me. You offer me $8 million, you don't love me. Dude, that, 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 the $15 million is four times what the coach here makes. Four times. Yeah. And D'Amico's been a successful defensive coach as long as Ben Johnson's been a successful offensive coach. And the difference is... He's been to a Super Bowl, D'Amico. Ben Johnson at Detroit has not. Now, had him close. So, point is, when you're doing that, dude, I'm like, okay, so if Washington was dead set, let's say they were dead set on one of the guys and somebody else in any of these other jobs, Canales, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And they went somewhere else. 
and then you're dead set on Ben Johnson. Or if that was your boom, I want him. Or you, and, but the money just didn't fit. And we can't make that stride. That's a big jump, right? From a couple million dollar coordinator, whatever it is, to a fifteen million dollar head coach. In truth, like a sixty million dollar head coach over five years, because that's what he was going to ask, and it's all guaranteed. So with that, the risk now you're at okay, but indecision. If you don't know this far into the cycle, I, I don't know what we're doing. Then let me suggest it's, one. It's February first, Sean. Then, then I suggest one thing: go get the experience and sign him to a three-year deal. Yeah, whether it's Vrabel or or Bill, and say here's a three-year deal. And Bill may not take it; he may say I'm taking off. I'm going to do TV. I'll come back next year, and you'll pay me twenty-five million a year. But at some other place, because there'll be five more jobs open, or four more jobs, five more jobs next year. Always happens in the cycle. So, yeah, Brian, I, I they're either really indecisive or. Deep into negotiation with somebody, or there's two dudes that they want, or a dude they want from one of these two teams, which I'm trying to figure out who it would be. We don't even hear the rumors about yeah. that. And then, or you are so indecisive, you're scrambling around, then you're like, what do we do? Or if maybe they thought Harbaugh was in the mix. I, I, I have no idea. Jimmy, I, th- I really, I honestly think they put that's all their. I thought Ben Johnson was going to one of the two, I and I had Washington in. because of the offensive production. You got a chance to get a high a quarterback. So I'm thinking, okay, they went. It, here's what happens. Who was the previous coach? For? Washington. Uh, Ron Rivera. What side of the ball does he coach? Defense. Have they had a lot of success there? No. No. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about overall winning, getting to the playoffs. No. So what's the normal cycle when you hire one guy? You Let's go say to one guy was side. an energetic, like Ron's a very calm, mm-hmm. calm, very, very transparent defensive coach. You're going to draft a quarterback in that more than likely in your first round. Well, you have to. Okay. Unless you're riding out with so, Sam Howell. And you, had, you didn't have suggestions. I mean, you didn't have the overall team success you wanted. So you're sitting in the two-hole where Drake May is. All right. So isn't your normal thought process Ben Johnson to train Drake May? Offensive Look, guy. Sure. Mm-hmm. Now, if it was the opposite, offensive guy sucked. Well, you're going to get a quarterback, but he's going to hire a good coordinator. And our defense is good. Let, let, let's elevate there. A lot of times it does. Some t- you know what I mean? It just You go opposite of what you didn't have success doing. But maybe with a new ownership group, they, they don't care what side. And I always contend that it's the assistants. I don't care if you hire a defensive head coach, D'Amico Ryans. Give me a great offensive coordinator. And look at the look, look. It just goes to show you. Well, you got to have an offensive head coach t- to get a good young quarterback. No, I don't. I got to have a good coordinator and quarterback coach to get that guy to the next level, not the head coach. So, and who lets him coach? So for me, if I'm if I'm Washington, I'm leaning offense, and I'm sitting here. Okay, who is it? It ain't Belichick, and then it's not Belichick and Vrabel. Who? What are we missing? What, what are we, is Bieniemy going to get the head coaching job? They keeping him in house. See what I mean? I, I have zero idea. And I'm not sure they do either. I don't think they do. Yeah. I really don't think they do. I think after Ben Johnson said he's not coming, they're, they're, now they're scrambling. They had Aaron Glenn, defensive coordinator from uh, the Lions, come in. I mean, they've got a couple guys in mind, but they weren't the top candidates. And then you got Mike Vrabel, nowhere to be found. Bill Belichick, nowhere to be found. And you got Jerry Jones talking about the potential of working with Bill Belichick. What did the owner of the Cowboys have to say uh, about... Bill Belichick. We'll read it, discuss it next. The Sean Salisbury Show. Get ready for the big game with the free iHeartRadio app. Pre-game with perfectly tailored playlists like Big Game Tailgate Party and more. iHeartRadio has the perfect soundtrack for your pre-game party, whether it's just you or a block party for the entire neighborhood. Just open the free iHeartRadio app, search Tailgate, and listen now. Make the big game great with iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Free never sounded so good. 
This is Sports Talk 790, home of the Rockets, Astros, and the best lineup in Houston sports. Now, back to Sean Salisbury. Welcome back to the Sean Salisbury Show here on Sports Talk 790. Sean Bryan and Triple E. Your Houston Astros acquiring a left-handed bat. They get a prospect, Trey Cabbage, from the Angels. Spent some time up at the big league level. He can play corner outfield, corner infield. He, he can run like the wind. We're going to talk about Trey Cabbage at 9 a.m. Are we really? We are. No, we're not. Yeah, we are. No, we're not. Yes, we are. We're not talking it's about... It's just one tri- segment. We're not talking about three cabbage. All right, 945. We are not talking about... What's this? Trey, right? Trey Cabbage, yeah. I call him three. Three, yeah. Three Cabbage. Yeah. We're not talking about it. Why not? Because <laughs> I'll know you're lying out your ass. <laughs> All right, we'll talk if about it at 945. Roll, no, if you roll up here and tell me... Yeah. <laughs> Did you? And I, I'm sure. You, listen, I'm not to de, me, dude. He hit a nuke off of the Astros last I year. I understand that. I know the one you're talking about. That's not my point. Yeah. Play along for me. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we play, go. Yeah, yeah. Play, play, play along. Okay. Right? Don't sit here and try to discount that you studied him for 14 years. Shut up. <laughs> okay. Nice. Is yes, I I know who he is. Right. Yeah. Huh. Okay. And then you know what. There's a lot of guys who hit nukes that we know nothing about, right? True. Yeah, yeah. But I know who he is, but we're not going to spend a segment on Trey Cabbage. Why not? Okay. Put sh- close your computer right now. <laughs> close your friggin' computer. No, you don't really have to. Yeah. But when we right, talk, right. Don't, don't start studying it. I know okay. you don't do deep. I want you to give me everything about Trey Cabbage. I know a little bit about him. Okay. So do I. So he, hit 30, he had 30 home runs at AAA last year. I know that. He's, Power he's, bat he's gonna and be can the, run, right? He's going to be the third fastest on the team. Yes. He's got a sprint speed of like 23 and a half or something like that per Great. next-gen Thanks. stats. I appreciate you looking at the bottom line on Twitter. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's a 30-30 guy. I, I get it. Got to add some, some you know, upper upper level a guy minor league depth. And hit it upper tech. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. I, I get that. He can play backup first base. But what are you going to tell me? For John Singleton. For eight minutes. Dude, we could have some fun. His last name's Cabbage. Free, free Cabbage. He's got great hair. See what I did there? Cabbage. cabbage. Lettuce. Yeah. Lettuce. <laughs> now, it's, listen. Right, we'll a, cha- a chance to actually, a chance to do some good stuff comes spring training for them. Yes. And, and impact. There's no, and what he does is he adds some depth to places. Dude, he And if the pop in the bombs. minor, that's what I'm saying. If the pop, if the pop in the minor leagues translates to consistent pop in the in the major leagues yeah. we may be honest and i'm not saying he can't play my thing is just yeah. the name alone i'm like when you said hey we'll discuss if it's like it's like all of a sudden you're discussing kyle tucker's <laughs> new contract it's like we're gonna discuss trey cabbage <laughs> next right exactly <laughs> that'll be fun. i call him three Three cabbage. He was the 26th best prospect for the Angels in 2023. Damn right he was. Got a sprint speed of 28.4. Sorry, I got to put some respect I, on him. Yeah, what did they give up for him? Uh, a guy named Carlos Espinoza. Hey, at, he was eight, down in at like 945. He was, he was a rookie are, ball. At 945, we're going to break down Los Espinoza. <laughs> How impactful the trade from Los Espinosa <laughs> to man. Three Cabbage. They also had, they just acquired a guy named Declan Cronin, right-handed pitcher. Great. Yeah, and they just DFA'd him. 
They literally just got him a couple oh, weeks ago. So, so wait, we're now in the NFL. I mean, in the NBA, where you trade for a guy for for to, to, for an expire. You know, the contract yeah. we trade for him, we take on that that. So and then we're going to ship him out somewhere else or get rid of him. Yeah. So now baseball and hey. We're getting to the point where all they're all the same. It's, try to keep track of an NBA trade by the guy when you're talking no. about this and and yeah. when you get this and this and we're going to do this and we're going to throw this guy into the trade and we have no interest in having him stop. You know how how it's changed over the years. It's crazy, but I hope three cabbage works out for us. I really do. <laughs> Why are you laughing? That's at nine forty five. No, we just covered it at eight twenty. We just just covered it, so there it is. He got the inside. He can run. He's got great top thirty thirty guy in the minor leagues. Yeah, adds depth and uh, spent some time at the big league level. Hit some nukes. Yeah, and has had some big league experience and may be great when it comes to you know uh, a guy that's got a little Swiss Army in him, right? Yeah, and he uh, got good lettuce, cabbage, great cabbage. He's got a negative point three war though. We got to get that war up. Mm. Doesn't surprise me they didn't have a popular war because he's not a starter because well, that war is the stupidest stat of all time. We better trade him. He's uh, 56 <laughs> plate appearances in the big leagues last year. <laughs> he hit what one home you, run and it was against the Astros. What if you traded three cabbage mm-hmm. <clears throat> for yeah. dose lettuce? Two lettuce. <laughs> There's a guy that named two probably a, dose lettuce, and we traded him for three cabbage. Not to be confused with Dos Equis, who right. calls us here. Thank you, and good night. Yeah. He's played uh, first base, right field, left field, center field. For us, when we when we get into the name game, yeah, it's out of affection, because we love good names. Right? Do you, know how old, do you know how old Trey Cabbage is? 28. He's 26. Close. Oh, that's right. You that know where eight, he was that, born? That, that eight, yeah. So he was born in uh, Arizona. Uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. <laughs> Still a warm weather city, so we're good. <laughs> Do you know how tall Trey Cabbage is? Yeah, he's six one two ten. He's six two two oh five. Close. Do you know how many seasons Trey Cabbage? <laughs> the, the, the Trey Cabbage tail of the tape. It, yeah. it, overall, in a major league, you mean just overall since mm-hmm. he's been in the big leagues? Yeah, yeah, it's five. Five what? It's five seasons total, uh, minor and big leagues combined. Close. He was drafted in twenty fifteen. Uh, just one season in the big leagues. I that see. Was, combined, combined minor yeah. leagues. So how many? What's 15? So that's eight? Is that Drake. eight? You said 2015? He's been in uh, the minor leagues, so they gave him one year. Let's see. Let me go through my notes. You know, I did a real deep dive on Trey Cabbage last night. I spent two hours on this guy. So mm. <laughs> Two hours more than I did on three Cabbage. Don't call him two. Trey Cabbage. His name's not Trey. Let's it's see. Three. <laughs> one, two, three. Yeah, about five years. Five, six years. Well, it's spot on. My dive said Oh, no, six. eight, eight. Man, I'm way off. Eight seasons in the minors. That's what I'm saying. You said he was drafted in 2015. Yeah. And so that's he's, since he's been 18 years old. Because why? Because if he's 26. That's that good would, math. Thank you and 18 good 18 plus eight is, is 26. I'm the capologist. There you go. Bingo. Yep. Numbers, baby. Numbers. Uh, Triple E, can you tell me about Trey Cabbage, please? Who was that? You mean the same thing that 90% of the baseball world saying? Who is that? Yeah. Although, that does, hey, still could be hugely impact. You know, yeah. If you're going to trade for him, even though, you know, I don't know much about the guy they traded for. Carlos he, Espinosa? They, yeah, I don't know enough. Dude, about I know. Him. Come on, man. No, you don't. Anyway, um, <laughs> don't. now there are some people. Oh, yeah, let me give you a deep dive into Espinosa. Unless you're a minor league scouting guy, mm-hmm. you, you ain't telling me much about it. What's the name? 
Trey Cabbage or Carlos Espinosa? Uh, Carlos Espinosa. Espinosa, yeah. Yep. So hey, yeah. In all seriousness, Trey Cabbage, big swing guy, thirty thirty, but he strikes out too much. We got to cut those down. Well, for this franchise and the way they go about their business, yep. contact is everything for them. Putting the ball in play, but you still need some pop in that bat that can that can you know not be a regular and and hit the ball out of the ballpark. That would, and then this it's so, it's so ironic. This mm-hmm. team doesn't like to strike out. Want to put the ball in play, be selective at the plate, yet. Everybody wants the home run, right? Yeah. And if you get both, which you do for a lot of guys on this team, then it's great. I don't know how Trey Cabbage is going to work out, but hopefully uh, they traded for him so they see something in him, and those numbers say potential. Now the question is, he's been in the minor leagues a while. It's probably time for him to make the jump and, and take it to another level at his yeah. age. At 26 and 8 years experience counting it's minor time. league and major leagues, yes, it is. You know who else it's time for? Uh, Force Whitley. There you go. Bingo. But it's also, uh, I mean, we're going to get back to this Jerry Jones and Bill Belichick discussion. It's always time for that. It, it, yeah, there's time for that. What did Jerry Jones say about Bill Belichick? And it's also time for uh, don't you, don't yeah. you do a little, little, uh, little fantasy. Pick, I do, and I and I play it, and you should too. There's seven million of them with the prize picks playing. It's the number one daily fantasy app going sports app. Hey, listen, you want to have a blast? Don't we all have a blast when you make twenty five times the money that you did during football season? I did. And why don't you parlay that forward? Now you can play basketball season two. Hey, you can even pick combo projections across both sports. Why not? If you love them like I do, you can. And it, to me, it's taken fantasy to a whole new level and simplified what makes it easy for you to follow. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection, more or less, and place your entry. You can turn $10 into $250 in just a few taps. It's easy gameplay. The withdrawals are done quickly. And an enormous selection of players and stat options. What made PrizePix, as I said, the number one daily fantasy sports app. And PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports app with an insurance injury policy. The injury insurance policy, what it does is it keeps you in the game even if one of your players goes down, so you get great protection from that. Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million fans and growing who've already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks is going to match your first deposit up to $100. Visit prizepicks.com slash sports talk and use the code mycodesportstalk. That's code sports talk at prizepicks.com slash sports talk for a first deposit match of up to $100. Jump on in. It is easy. It's prize picks, and it's daily fantasy sports made easy. The Sean Salisbury Show continues on 790 and continues in your home. Say, Alexa, play Sports Talk 790 on iHeartRadio. Eight thirty-one here on the Sean Salisbury Show. Sean Bryan, Tripoli. Rockets losing to the Pelicans. Astros acquiring a left-handed bat in Trey Cabbage from the Angels. Seahawks get their head coach, the defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens, Mike McDonald, leaving Baltimore to head to Seattle. Let's get out to the phone line seven one three two one two five seven ninety. Tom, good morning. Good morning. It's been a a, a nice show this morning guys i have the day off so i've been listening since you came on the air great stuff hey as i as i relax here in my water bed with my flannel sheets 
I just turned off my heated lava lamp on my end, end table. Dude, here. you got a you got a badass man cave. It sounds like Tom. Oh man, I am I am ready to go, bro. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I wanted to throw something out here, and and correct me if I'm wrong. You guys, I, I always felt that as the NFL playoffs start during that ten days of the you know the, the, the games being played and the elimination of everything that's constant. You hear a lot about the firing and hiring of new coaches. But once we get done with the NFC, AFC playoffs, it's like you don't hear anything about any teams because the league wants that shiny penny, the Super Bowl, to be the shine. So it's like no one can talk about their franchise. It seems that, I don't know if it's a written rule, but that seems to be something I remember. Now, with that in mind, after the Super Bowl is over, I think that's when Jerry's going to roll out the former runner of the New England Patriots, and I think attached to him is going to be Mike Vrabel. Jerry's going to want the Cowboys to be front and center for the next 10 days, and I think it would be a perfect, a perfect nexus for those three to get together. It sure would be interesting. So Tom, I don't you, know what you think about that. Tom, so you're 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 basically you're saying that, and I, you know, I think you're right. The NFL doesn't want any major. I mean, they don't like news broken on there, especially as we head into next week, the preparation week, heading into you know they they put their game, but all the PR and all the media stuff that they're getting to town, they want it focused on Super Bowl. You're 100 percent correct. Now, with that with with that in mind. So you think, and Jerry loves getting all of it by himself as well, so you say, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. You guys do your thing. Bill and I got a side. We, we, we already got this done. So you think Belichick gets hired as the head coach, that McCarthy's not safe yet. Belichick gets hired, and he hires Mike Vrabel as his defensive coordinator. Is that what you mean? Something along those lines. I, I think I would like to see this happen if it's the Cowboys. I'd like to see Bill Belichick be the president and chief operating officer of everything, and Vrabel comes on yeah, as, as a head coach. coach. Yeah. They'll, they'll be joined at the hip. It, it is, I mean, Jerry would love that. Now the Cowboys become, you know, the center of everything in the new year. Because remember, you're right. The season is still going. The 23 season is still on. And until that Super Bowl is over, now we can talk about and, 24. And I think I think that – I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know anything. But, but I just think it's a perfect thing. Yeah, Tom, you make a good point. Jerry has the ego that he loved. Now, he's had to, would have to put his pride aside, right, and say, I'm willing to share some of this face of the franchise stuff with Bill Belichick. But that's, that's even better in my mind than having Belichick as the coach. Have Bill oversee it. You get that power. You want to corner the market of off-season talk? Oh, my gosh. All off-season, it'll be Jerry, Bill, the Cowboys. It already is because Jerry loves that. But now you add that mix. I'd like to say conspiracy theory, but you know what? I don't, I don't know if you're far off on that. You might, we'll hear what Jerry had to say about Bill, but I, 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 I kind of like where you're headed. I don't know if it's true, but it, it sure seems like something that would be wise. And then maybe maybe that's the reason we hear zero about Mike Vrabel, right? Who knows? I don't know. But you know, uh, it, it would sure bring a lot of attention already Cowboys getting that it would make the offseason all Jerry's, which we know he likes. He wants them to talk about the Cowboys. Well, here's one more thing you can kind of think about. You know, I know that Vrabel was kind of like let go, and it was a surprise to everybody. And we haven't heard anything about the guy. Was, was Vrabel fired after or before Belichick left, 
And maybe that was why. I mean, they they had already talked. Hey, keep your mouth shut. Don't talk to anybody. This is what I'm doing. I'd love to bring you on. That's just more speculation, obviously. I think but, did know, it, did, I, wasn't the timeline Vrabel first, yeah. Belichick second, right? Vrabel first. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So I don't know. It's just something to think about. I, my my really secret involvement in this is, man, I want the Cowboys to get it together because I think that the Texans are going to get it together, and I want to see a Super Bowl between the Texans and the Cowboys. That'd be awesome. Tom, great stuff. That man. would be thank, just awesome. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks for the, for call, the compliment. Tom. Enjoy your day off. You know what's crazy? Is it would fit all of Jerry's <laughs> give us attention criteria. Yeah. You know what? And if, you, if you're really being truthful, if the Cowboys want to get to another level, and I, I, I hate to see guys like Mike McCarthy go. I do. I just don't like seeing guys get fired. You know, I mean, here you are. You have a good season. It just doesn't do well in January. You win, what, 12 games and you get fired or whatever it is. It's crazy. But he's still the coach as we speak. But if you really want progress moving forward, that'll give you a better chance to win, what Tom said. Yeah, I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't have with the validity. I, I, I like his style, what he's talking about. It would give you the best chance to win. It would explain why everything's so quiet around Vrabel and why Bill's just kind of hanging around, hasn't signed a streaming deal or a TV deal. Maybe. And if you're Belichick, could you turn that down? No. Would you take a president's job only not to be in, or a TV job to be a head coach next year or say, I'm going to do the president, run the whole show here. I'm, I'm at that point in my 70s. I'd rather do that and hire a guy I like. I feel like Bill Belichick, could he, would he turn it down? I don't think he would, but and I then, just feel like he wants to coach more than he would want his, to be in the front office. And then is Josh McDaniels going to be the offensive coordinator? Oh, God. Well, he, as an offensive coordinator, I think he's okay. He's been really good. But as a head coach, Brady absolutely helps. not. Oh, yeah, Brady, yeah, true. And actually, Mac Jones had a good rookie year when, when Josh McDaniels was there before. Wasn't he there? Wasn't Josh the coordinator there before he took the Raider job? Wasn't that Mac Jones' rookie year? McDaniel's I'm wasn't he? His, his, his last year in New England was was Mac Jones' rookie year, and then they hired Matt Patricia to be the co yes. coordinator. Correct. That's where it all went downhill. Damn right it did. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So uh, Jerry Jones spoke with Yahoo Sports yesterday, uh, Jory Epstein of Yahoo Sports, and he said about Bill, Bill Belichick, "quote I know him personally and I like him. There's no doubt in my mind we could work together. None. None." End quote. <laughs> okay, well, guess what? Then maybe, just maybe, well, you could, Jerry, he's free. He's free. Yeah. He also uh, went on to say, quote, we all know that he's certainly excellent, maybe at the top of his profession. To say that any one person automatically assures you a Super Bowl is ridiculous. That's too high of an expectation for him. But he is maybe the greatest pro football coach of all time. Could very well be. He is a friend, and I like him, and I want to make it real, real, real clear. I wouldn't have any problem working with him, end quote. Amen. Why would he say this when he just... Just came out a couple of weeks ago and said Mike McCarthy's going to be the coach. I almost feel I get, you know, Jerry loves this stuff. But if you're the current head coach, and I know you don't have a say in it. So you can't control what the owner says. But isn't that just an, I mean, I know you're not giving him a ringing endorsement, but you've, you've still got him employed. If you're Mike McCarthy, don't you realize your time? I mean, you, you're done. Yeah. You know, so you're done. How, how do you go into it? No, your owner's not giving you a boat of confidence at all. It's just like, oh, we could work together. You're stressing that. It's like, well, of course you can. He's Bill Belichick. He's the best of all time, yet you have a coach employed. Now, if you want to say that when 
there's no coach. You're looking for your head coach, and people say, well, you and Bill, can you get along? Yeah, we're friends. Bill's one of the best of all time. We'll see what happens. But you got a guy that's in the building right around down the hall from you, and you're basically saying, eh, oh, I make, let me make it clear I could work with Bill. I, just, I don't know what's going to happen, but, man, if you're Mike McCarthy, I know you're not giving up the gig, but how do you, how do you survive that? <laughs> you don't. How do you know? Now, you've got to be thick-skinned, but even thick-skinned, you know that every single play you make is being micromanaged by Bill. Yeah, but then every also, single call. You know, it, we talk about Mike McCarthy. What about the players? What about a guy like Dak Prescott? Well, I mean, I would who, imagine who, the players immediately would think he likes Bill. There may not be a lot of respect from them. I mean, I don't know. It just sounds like that'd be to me. It's the equivalent of your wide receiver saying, "Yeah, we got a good quarterback, but man, do I like? Would I love to have that free agent here?" And we've heard that before. Yeah, if all of a sudden. Comes a free agent, you got your quarterback, and all of a sudden your star wide receiver says, "Yeah, I know we had a good year last year, but man, can you imagine Aaron Rodgers playing for us? Oh, man, I love Aaron. Boy, that'd be awesome." And then you got to go to OTAs with Prescott as your quarterback. Isn't that the same thing? That's the same thing. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate your belief I mean, in me. <laughs> imagine when you were in Minnesota and the owner came out and talked about another head coach when Denny Green was still employed. Well, How would you feel? Well, I Denny would have, the second it came out of the owners, Denny would Denny was one of those guys who said, uh, no. I'm he, the head to coach. Them, to them. Yeah, right, the to owners. the owners. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he, he may have said, well, if that's the case, why don't you hire him? I'll be fine. Thanks. I know how, that, that dude d- d- took no, none from anybody. He had a big set. Loved Denny. Loved him. Maybe that's why Jerry Jones yeah. is saying this, because he knows that, that uh, uh, Mike McCarthy isn't going to say well, anything. Mike's not going to say a word. No. My, my, what, do you, what are you going to say? You That check's there, and you're the Dallas Cowboys head coach. But isn't exactly the most ringing endorsement begging for you to be successful. I mean, that's the old, hey, man, if, if you don't win a Super Bowl next year, we're getting rid of you. A lot of people think it should have happened already. But Jerry does not mince words when it comes to, if he wants to get it out there, he's getting it out there, and it doesn't matter what Mike McCarthy thinks. Sadly. I mean, he had an opportunity, meaning Jerry Jones, when they, he was asked this question about Bill, Bill Belichick to squash it, right? And be like, ah, look, Mike McCarthy is my guy. He's our head coach. I have confidence. But instead, and I, and, and Bill's he phenom- stirs the pot. And say, <laughs> and say, I love Bill. We're friends. And I think he's one of the, maybe the best coach of all time. But Bill won't be the coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Mike McCarthy's that <laughs> job. Maybe, you know, and, I, and we don't even know if Bill wants to do it anymore. Whatever. But you, you endorse your coach and also let him know that, hey, Bill, it's not closed maybe a year from now. But this just basically says, Mike, sorry, we're going to talk about everybody but you. <laughs> you cannot be serious. Crazy stuff, man. Yeah, so now it's being reported. Uh, we, I mean, as we continue to talk coaching in the NFL, it's reported that Ben Johnson started to take a lot of heat for his quote-unquote unprofessional move with the commanders. What was that unprofessional move? We'll discuss it next on Sports Talk 7. Classic elite Buick GMC just off Katy Freeway west of Highway 6. You see it. You know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, better recognize it's the third member of the Classic Elite family is Classic Elite Buick GMC. You can also go to ClassicEliteBuickGMC.com to find all the deals and everything. Classic Elite is very simple. Elite pricing, elite inventory, and elite customer service. While the deals may change, the elite part of the deal never does. The inventory will never change. Now, it may go, but they'll get it back. Inventory is always there for you, and they'll find it and get it for you. It's customer service never leaves when it comes to the Classic Elite. It just doesn't. You're going to get customer service 
no matter where you come from and no matter what you do, you walk in there, they're going to treat you like they'd treat anybody, regardless what vehicle you want. It's classically, and that's why. Customer service, pricing, and inventory. And for instance, 8000 off 2023 Enclaves, that's elite pricing. $12,000 off GMC Sierra 1500s with rates as low as 0.9%. That's elite pricing, and the customer service won't go away. We are professional grade at uh, Classic Elite uh Classic Elite Buick GMC and ClassicElitebuickGMC.com. And remember this, when you're driving by, it's Classic Elite Buick GMC right off the Katy Freeway. Together, let's drive. We want to win. Sean Salisbury continues on 790. Rockets lose to the Pelicans last night at Toyota Center. Astros acquiring a left-handed bat in Trey Cabbage via trade with the Angels. Seahawks get their head coach, Mike McDonald, formerly the defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens, headed Seattle to be the head coach. Ben Johnson seemed like he was going to be a lock to be the next Washington Commanders head coach. However... He let Washington know that he was going to stay with the Lions, and he's catching some heat for his, quote, unprofessional act on how he let Washington know that he was going to be staying with the Lions. Ben Johnson told the commanders that he was out of the running while the team was flying to meet him. And then it was also reported that Ben Johnson was, quote, unquote, never a lock for the commander's job. But the ownership for the commanders was still surprised and shocked on how it went down. He literally canceled the team, canceled with the team as they were en route to Detroit to visit with him. Bruh. Now I would imagine that that private plane can flip a good U-turn in the sky and get back home pretty quickly. But what a, it is kind of Bush League. I don't know Ben Johnson personally. And for whatever reason, I would just think maybe I maybe this day and age is different, buddy, from a handshake that's got to be on a piece of paper too, because the guy everybody seems to when they get there's it's fair it's not fair to say everybody then you become like everybody by putting an umbrella statement or a, you know painting the canvas of it's everybody. But I can tell you, couldn't it be a little more at least go then if they're flying to see you finish it up, if, if, do the interview. Right, and when they get there, be respectful. Because what if you were flying? I just, I just say you want to be treated different. Give the respect, you'll get it. If this story is exact, is fact indeed. What if Ben Johnson was flying, flying there to think that he was getting another his interview and that he was possibly going to sign a deal, and in mid-flight on the private plane that they sent, they decided, you know what, we're going to hire Belichick. While you're in mid-flight. And they say, turn around, dude, we already got our head coach. Mm. What would he do? Probably pretty upset. And his agent would 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 obliterate the Washington front office, correct? Yeah. The commander's front office. So what's the difference? Even if you have disagreement or what have you, I don't know why in society we're afraid to go toe-to-toe, face-to-face, and just, hey, man, 
It doesn't work. Time to move on. We made a different decision. Let him land. Hell, if you want, meet him at the friggin' airport. Have a cup of coffee and say, guys, I just want to, we can talk and at the end say, or let him go through it, the interview, and an hour after on their flight home say, I've decided to make a decision for my family and the rest of it. I'm staying here. You don't want to burn that bridge. What if it rears its head again next year? Yeah. That's not kissing ass. It's just called common courtesy respect. Because I can damn well tell you, if it was me and I did that, or if I'm Ben Johnson, I sure as hell, and if I'm another team watching, I say, why would you do that? This reeks of, of Josh McDaniels and the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, the overnight switch. Although he had accepted it. Right. I mean, that was going to be his gig. I'm just saying, what would it have taken to take two more hours, at, let him get there, go through the interview, go home, and then tell them? Because I promise you, Ben Johnson doesn't want a team that he's interested in doing him like that. I, I, maybe, I don't know who's his, his, I guess we'll find out who his agent is, but doesn't it seem odd? He did it like that and like cut him, it was almost like, I'm going to show these guys, they don't want to pay the kind of money. This perception from afar. Oh, they don't want to pay me $15 million a year and they've announced it? Okay, I'm going to leave you hanging in mid-flight. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not interested. Why you're already on that beautiful private plane you got, and send your ass back home. I, I don't understand why it just can't be. I've never understood it. Why you can't disagree with somebody or decide you're taking another gig, look them in the face, shake their hand and say, good luck. I really appreciate your interest in me and vice versa. It just didn't work out this time. And go, and go about your business. Everything. Oh, you did this. I got to get back. I got to get back at you. Or, nope, I'm going to do this. It's like, it's like any of the guys like Bobby Petrino flying in the middle of the night and leaving his teammates hanging when he was the Atlanta Falcons head coach, put a memo on their locker and didn't have the balls to, you mean you couldn't have called Arkansas back then and said, hold off one day. Yeah. Cause I want a guy to, if I'm Arkansas, I want a guy to tell me we hired you recruiting can hold off for 10 more hours. I have a responsibility to these players that so that busted their ass for me to address them in person and say, Fellas, I'm going back to Arkansas, this college gig. I hope you understand. And they can be pissed, but you owe that to them. And then go do your thing. You mean to tell me Arkansas put so much heat on a guy that when they make the decision overnight, he puts a memo and lets him know and doesn't address his team the next day. You're telling me he couldn't have waited until that next morning and then got on the private flight to fly to, to uh, Fayetteville? Fayetteville, yeah. To me, when you see that, it's cowardice. I would have turned around if, if I was Arkansas said, do we want a guy that's going to leave in the middle yeah, of the night? We don't want that. If I'm Petrina, I said, no, no, no. I'm not taking the job if I can't address my team. And I'd put more respect on him. Hell, put another bonus in his Arkansas contract for having the guts to look at a guy face-to-face. -face. And it's the same thing here. I don't know Ben Johnson, and maybe this is wrong, but by that story, I think it's Bush League. I just do. I think it is, too. It's weak. In the middle of a flight, why don't you just go through the process? I don't and care if he know. throws for 8,000 yards if I'm Washington. If that story is true. I would. I don't. I don't care if he's the hottest thing since peanut butter next year. I ain't hiring him. If I'm Washington, can't do somebody like that. And if the ownership did it to him, then I then then let your agent blast them all over and do their thing. Because you know they would. Roles reverse. You know the agent's going out public oh, as soon my, as he can. Of course he is to let him know how how they treated his client. Yeah. Whoever the agent is. So I I, I don't subscribe to that. I think it's weak, and I think I think that that's a character flaw.
I just do. Uh, I agree with you. All right, as we get into the 9 o'clock hour, obviously the draft talk is going to heat up in the next couple of weeks, especially after the Super Bowl. Texans got plenty of cap space for free agency, but there's some teams out there in the NFL that need quarterbacks. If they can't find a quarterback in the draft, could Trey Lance be an option? Let's talk about it next on Sports Talk 790. KBME Houston, KCBZ HD2 Houston, the iHeart Radio Station, the Astros, the Astros, the Rockets, Rockets, basketball, your home for your home teams. This is Sports Talk 790, driven by the Classic Elite Buick GMC Studios for the elite car buying experience. Salisbury. Houston! Okay, let's do this. Sean Salisbury. Former NFL quarterback, Sean Salisbury. The USC Trump. Longtime friend, Sean Salisbury. Ryan LaLima. Go Lobos. Can't stop, addicted to the shindig. Chop top, it says I'm gonna win big. This is the Sean Salisbury Show. Final hour here on a Thursday. On Sports Talk 790, this is the Sean Salisbury Show. Sean Salisbury, Brian LaLima, Emmanuel Elmore. Rockets fall to the Pelicans. Astros acquiring a left-handed bat via a trade with the Angels. They get Trey Cabbage. Seahawks get their head coach. Defensive coordinator from the Ravens, Mike McDonald, headed to Seattle to be the head coach. Uh, before we talk about this Trey Lance article, he could be on the move once again. Let's get out to the phone line, 713-212-5790. Mike, thanks for holding. What's on your mind? Hey, guys, I know you have already beat this bed, dead horse on the Lions, but, you know, you could tell it was inexperience, uh, Campbell's inexperience on, you know, not wanting to go up 17 points, you know, mid-third quarter. I guess he thought he was playing Carolina Panthers. But my question is, now that the Lions are relevant and so other teams will approach them differently, do you think it's going to be like a pitcher that goes through a team the first maybe even the second time around. People are going to know his tendencies coming next year on these fourth down plays, and he won't be quite as successful as well as, you know, he's got a pretty inconsistent quarterback with the Lions. Do you think that they've reached a pinnacle, or do you or do you think they're just going to be going back to being maybe a 500 team again? Oh, I... I think there's always the danger with the way the league is that you can fall back into a 9-8 and eight team, 8-9 eight team. Yeah, I think there's always that danger. And, and I would argue over the last couple of years that Goff has not been that inconsistent, Mike. I think he's been a really good player. I, I do, and I think they've built it. But I also think that playoff experience matters, and that was rarefied air for them. They, they haven't seen that in years. And so I do think that the pressure builds. It built on Ben. I thought that... that uh, Ben Johnson could have applied, could have gone, could have been more aggressive in a second half. I think they opened the door, and I think Dan Campbell added to that. There's no question. Could have opened the door, and and if we're talking about Dan Campbell did what got them there and decided to make the decision not to kick, and and he went through the not to kick or to kick a handful of times in the game. I I actually think Ben Johnson the same way. I don't think in a second half he did what he did in the first half and what they've been doing all year long. Attack, attack, attack. I think they played it a little closer to the vest, and I get it, but you still got to be who you are, apparently, according to the national pundits, telling me that Dan should have done it because that's who he is. But you do. I, I think they're talented. I think they're only going to get better. I still have him the favorite going in next year. 
So could they fall off? Yes. Is Goff in the elite five or six? No, but he's in the next class. And I think his confidence has grown. I expect Detroit to still be competitive. My biggest question is how quickly they can get over this, what, what happened against the 49ers. Remember when Atlanta blew their lead in the Super Bowl? They've been average ever since, for the most part, consistent. They, they, that thing went away. It's like it almost like they lost complete belief after that in the decision they make when Dan Quinn had a chance to close out, and they didn't. And we saw the 49ers, yet they've hung around and kept getting good players because John Lynch is a great front office guy. So, I, I, Mike, I don't think that I expect them to fall off a cliff. But, you know, an injury here, a little luck there. And before you know it, Jordan Love's got the Packers winning the division. I think that's a closely contested vision, uh, division. I don't expect them to go away. I think that – and tendencies, everybody has to change. This is what they do on first and ten. It is like any team. The, the people know the tendencies of the Chiefs. Throw the ball to, to Kelsey when it matters, and he went 11 for 11. So you've got to have, you've got to be able to evolve, but the base of what they do, simple execution and knowing how, and uh, creatures of habit. So I don't expect them to fall off the ledge. I don't. I think they're here to stay for a minute as long as these guys are intact. You don't think being up 17 points and midway to the third quarter uh, didn't give a would have. Uh, squashed a little bit of San Francisco's momentum because they only just got a field goal the second half. wasn't like they just got scored a touchdown. I'm just thinking you played right into their hands. That's exactly what I'm saying. That that's my point. You you you, you when they you gave them a chance to feel like they had life instead of three. That's exactly right. And that that's my point. So I do believe that. I think Detroit opened up a door and the 49ers kicked it open. That's exactly what I think. But I, okay. I'm not concerned physically if the Lions can play. I've seen hangovers before where teams can't get over success in the next season and the Super Bowl team doesn't make the playoffs. And I've seen it also happen where you got a lead, you're kicking ass, you've had a good year, and you get beat in a second half that you should have won a football game, did not be able to recover, that the offseason, they're, they're so... They're so, their mind is so cluttered with, oh, my gosh, they can't let it go, that the rearview mirror for them is bigger than the, the windshield, and it carries over. I've seen that, too. So physically, I think they're fine. I don't think they executed right, and I think their approach in the second half and leading into it was wrong. I am with you 100%. They had a chance to put their foot on their throat, and instead of a cleat, they used a real thick rubber sole that didn't choke out the 49ers, and they could have, and they didn't. And now they're going to deal with it all offseason, each individual and as a staff and as a, as a head coach of what do we do to get our guys out of this mode thinking we got to get back. Yes, it can affect them. You are 100% correct. But I don't expect Detroit to be 5-12 and 12 next year. They're better than that. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Thanks. it. Appreciate, Appreciate it, Mike. It, Mike. Uh, yeah, you know, we're... Uh, oh, if he was just talking about the way they went about the game, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, there, there is no doubt that going up a certain amount of points or when you went for it, when you, I mean, you start to think, you go up three scores. It, it's a different feeling going into a locker room, right? And then you think at times there are so some that also say if you go up 21 as opposed to 17, what is your thought process? We really got them where we want them, right? So I get the, the banter both sides, but great teams, you cannot give them life. And you give them life. We can walk through each and every play and decision in that game, which I'm sure we will a million times between now and the season. But I felt that the loss, now execution always matters, but I felt that 
there were some decisions along the way that prevented, I'm talking about not just from Dan Campbell's decisions, just decisions along the way that almost got into their head. And once it gets going downhill, you know that momentum rolls, brother. Because well, I'm a big in-game momentum guy, right. not a game-to-game momentum guy. I mean, you brought up the Atlanta Falcons. They were in the Super Bowl. Obviously, we know what happened. It was right here in Houston. The comeback from Tom Brady and the Patriots, they win. Uh, they beat the Falcons. Since then, they've made the playoffs once. That was the very next year. They and lost what year was bit. that? That was so... The- Houston, KCBZ HD2 Houston, the iHeart Radio Station, the Astros, Houston Astros, the Rockets, Rockets, basketball, your home for your home teams. This is Sports Talk 790, driven by the Classic Elite Buick GMC Studios for the elite car buying experience. Salisbury, Salisbury. Houston! Okay, let's do this. Sean Salisbury. Former NFL quarterback, Sean Salisbury. Longtime friend, Sean Salisbury. Brian LaLima. Go Lobos. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop top, it says I'm gonna win big. This is the Sean Salisbury Show. Final hour here on a Thursday. On Sports Talk 790, this is the Sean Salisbury Show. Sean Salisbury, Brian LaLima, Emmanuel Elmore. Rockets fall to the Pelicans. Astros acquiring a left-handed bat via a trade with the Angels. They get Trey Cabbage. Seahawks get their head coach. Defensive coordinator from the Ravens, Mike McDonald, headed to Seattle to be the head coach. Uh, Before we talk about this Trey Lance article, he could be on the move once again. Let's get out to the phone line, 713-212-5790. Mike, thanks for holding. What's on your mind? Hey, guys, I uh, know you have already beat this bed, dead horse on the Lions, but, you know, you could tell it was inexperience, uh, Campbell's inexperience on, you know, not wanting to go up 17 points, you know, mid-third quarter. I guess he thought he was playing Carolina Panthers. But my question is, now that the Lions are relevant and so other teams will approach them differently, do you think it's going to be like a pitcher that goes through a team the first maybe even the second time around. People are going to know his tendencies coming next year on these fourth down plays, and he won't be quite as successful as well as, you know, he's got a pretty inconsistent quarterback with the Lions. Do you think that they've reached a pinnacle, or do you or do you think they're just going to be going back to being maybe a 500 team again? Oh, I – I think there's always the danger with the way the league is that you can fall back into a 9-8 and eight team, 8-9 eight and nine team. Yeah, I think there's always that danger. And, and I would argue over the last couple of years that Goff has not been that inconsistent, Mike. I think he's been a really good player. I, I do, and I think they've built it. But I also think that playoff experience matters, and that was rarefied air for them. They, they haven't seen that in years. And so I do think that the pressure builds. It built on Ben. I thought that... that uh, Ben Johnson could have applied, could have gone, could have been more aggressive in the second half. I think they opened the door, and I think Dan Campbell added to that. There's no question. Could have opened the door, and and if we're talking about Dan Campbell did what got them there and decided to make the decision not to kick, and and he went through the not to kick or to kick a handful of times in the game. I I actually think Ben Johnson the same way. I don't think in the second half he did what he did in the first half and what they've been doing all year long. Attack, attack, attack. I think they played it a little closer to the vest, and I get it, but you still got to be who you are, apparently, according to the national pundits, telling me that Dan should have done it because that's who he is. But you do. I, I think they're talented. 
I think they're only going to get better. I still have them the favorite going in next year. So could they fall off? Yes. Is Goff in the elite five or six? No, but he's in the next class. And I think his confidence has grown. I expect Detroit to still be competitive. My biggest question is how quickly they can get over this, what, what happened against the 49ers. Remember when Atlanta blew their lead in the Super Bowl? They've been average ever since, for the most part, consistent. They, they, that thing went away. It's like it almost like they lost complete belief after that in the decision they make when Dan Quinn had a chance to close out, and they didn't. And we saw the 49ers, yet they've hung around and kept getting good players because John Lynch is a great front office guy. So, I, I, Mike, I don't think that I expect them to fall off a cliff. But, you know, an injury here, a little luck there. And before you know it, Jordan Love's got the Packers winning the division. I think that's a closely contested division. Uh, division. I don't expect them to go away. I think that – and tendencies, everybody has to change. This is what they do on first and ten. It is like any team. People know the tendencies of the Chiefs. Throw the ball to, to Kelsey when it matters, and he went 11 for 11. So you've got to have, you've got to be able to evolve, but the base of what they do, simple execution and knowing how, and uh, creatures of habit. So I don't expect them to fall off the ledge. I don't. I think they're here to stay for a minute as long as these guys are intact. You don't think being up 17 points and midway to the third quarter uh, didn't give, uh, would have, uh, squashed a little bit of San Francisco's momentum because they only just got a field goal the second half. wasn't like they just got scored a touchdown. I'm just thinking you played right into their hands. That's exactly what I'm saying. That that's my point. You you you, you when they you gave them a chance to feel like they had life instead of three. That's exactly right. And that that's my point. So I do believe that. I think Detroit opened up a door and the 49ers kicked it open. That's exactly what I think. But I, okay. I'm not concerned physically if the Lions can play. I've seen hangovers before where teams can't get over success in the next season and the Super Bowl team doesn't make the playoffs. And I've seen it also happen where you got a lead, you're kicking ass, you've had a good year, and you get beat in a second half that you should have won a football game, did not be able to recover, that the offseason, they're, they're so... They're so, their mind is so cluttered with, oh, my gosh, they can't let it go, that the rearview mirror for them is bigger than the, the windshield, and it carries over. I've seen that, too. So physically, I think they're fine. I don't think they executed right, and I think their approach in the second half and leading into it was wrong. I am with you 100%. They had a chance to put their foot on their throat, and instead of a cleat, they used a real thick rubber sole that didn't choke out the 49ers, and they could have, and they didn't. And now they're going to deal with it all off season, each individual and as a staff and as a as a head coach of what do we do to get our guys out of this mode thinking we got to get back. Yes, it can affect them. You are 100 percent correct. But I don't expect Detroit to be five and 12 next year. They're better than that. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Mike. Mike. Uh, Yeah. You know, we're. uh, Oh, if he's just talking about the way they went about the game. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, there, there is no doubt that going up a certain amount of points or when you went for it, when you, I mean, you start to think, you go up three scores. It, it's a different feeling going into a locker room, right? And then you think at times there are so some that also say if you go up 21 as opposed to 17, what is your thought process? We really got them where we want them, right? So I get the, the banter both sides, but great teams, you cannot give them life. And you give them life. We can walk through each and every play and decision in that game, which I'm sure we will a million times between now and the season. But I felt 
that the loss, now execution always matters, but I felt that there were some decisions along the way that prevented, I'm talking about not just from Dan Campbell's decisions, just decisions along the way that almost got into their head. And once it gets going downhill, you know that momentum rolls, brother. Because well, I'm a big in-game momentum guy, right. not a game-to-game momentum guy. I mean, you brought up the Atlanta Falcons. They were in the Super Bowl. Obviously, we know what happened. It was right here in Houston, the comeback from Tom Brady and the Patriots. They win. Or they beat the Falcons. Since then, they've made the playoffs once. That was the very next year. They and lost what year the was that? That was so the 2016-2017 uh, Super Bowl. And then the next year, 2017, the 2017-2018 season, they lost in the divisional round of the playoffs. They ha- and that's my point. And they haven't been back but since. But they, they still had talent. Yeah. And you know they what? They didn't have the same team. And and that can, and don't tell me for one second that that, wasn't, that didn't carry over. This game was done. All we had to do is not take a sack or run it out and kill the clock and not give 12 four more chances. And they did. And he destroyed you with it. Those things carry over. Don't think for one second that Kyle Shanahan this week is not thinking about his trip in Atlanta as the coordinator and as the head coach when he was up in the fourth quarter and they threw it 11 times, I believe it was, and their quarterback completed three of 11, and you gave Mahomes another chance. Mahomes and Brady, two guys you sure as hell don't want to give extra chances to. If you do in this game, you'll lose again. But I'm telling you for the 49ers, if the Chiefs give... Brock Purdy and the 49ers extra chances, they'll get a taste of their own medicine in this. That's why you have to, those 12 possessions are, I'm telling you what, delicate, brother. You better do it. And then the Lions did not treat them as such in the second half. No, they didn't. I mean, that, that loss could haunt them for a while, but you hope it doesn't I'm haunt them. I'm hoping Dan like, tries to punch that out of him and stuff along, you yeah. know, but the constant off-season talk. But yeah, no matter what, think about in each one of our lives, the one thing that you're like, I should have. Mm. Even though we think, dude, it's not that big a deal. Move on from it. Some things yeah, get harder at the end of it. You're damn right it does. And it festers. And now you got to wait. Yeah. It didn't happen in one game where you still found a way to win, but boy, was it close. You got beat, and now you don't get to tee it up in real football till next September. That sucks, dude. Yes, it does. <laughs> dude, that sucks for the rest of the offseason. All right, let's continue to talk about uh, the upcoming offseason in the NFL. What's next for Trey Lance? We'll discuss it right here on the Sean Salisbury Show, but let's also discuss getting you a brand-new vehicle from Classic Elite Chevy Sugarland and Classic Elite Chevy Highway 6. Tons of deals right now. Four ninety nine a month on 2024 Silverados with no payments for 120 days with rates as low as 1.9%, $3,000 off Tahoe and Suburbans, $12,000 off 2023 Silverados, $299 a month on Equinoxes, $4,000 off Traverses, all of those deals. And the elite inventory, the elite customer service, and the elite pricing is what makes Classic Elite the GM dealer of the year now, 13 years in a row. You will not go wrong when you take yourself over to Classic Elite Chevy Sugarland or Classic Elite Chevy Highway 6. You're going to get that red carpet experience, and you'll find a beautiful new vehicle right there on the lot because they have the best inventory selection in the state of Texas. You can check them out online. The Highway 6 website is ClassicEliteChevy.com. The Sugarland website, ClassicEliteChevySugarland.com. You get a lifetime engine guarantee, a lifetime of car washes, and two years of free maintenance when you shop at Classic Elite Chevy Sugarland, Classic Elite Chevy Highway 6. Head over to the dealership. Ask for Jeff or Tiffany Sebastian. Tell them that Brian Lima sent you, and together, let's drive. Let the celebration start. More Sean Salisbury on Sports Talk 790.
Triple E knowing who this is outside of him having it right in front of him? He would have had no idea. Who is this? I know who Ozzy is. Come on now. You know who Ozzy Osbourne is? Yeah, a few songs. Yeah, now. but would you have known this cut if you didn't know it was him? That's the deal. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's all right, though. <laughs> you got to learn. Adapt and adjust. Coach him up. You no, coach him up. Man. No, I'm serious. It's coach like him me up. and you've movies, been down you know. There. You've been down that road, haven't yeah, you? It's like me and movies. Yeah. Except I know who Led Zeppelin is. You do. You call him Led. Yeah. I feel you. I know who Led Zeppelin is. You do, don't you? I know who Trey Lance is as well. And I wonder what his future holds in the NFL. Well, <laughs> trying to find. He that. ain't playing next week. <laughs> that no, I do know. He's not. Let me see if I can find that article. Our buddy James McDonough uh, tagged us in, and I was reading through it. So apparently, there are some teams in the NFL if they can miss, if they miss out or do not feel comfortable drafting a quarterback, that they could look for Trey Lance. We got a lot of Trey's on the show today. Trey Cabbage. Trey Lance, couple threes. He's only 23 years old, and there are many front office uh, people in the NFL that still think he has a high ceiling and just needs more snaps. And that may be very well be the case. From the time he left college to now, he, he hadn't had a, lot of t- a ton of NFL snaps, and he's been injured and had trouble getting on the field and COVID. All those things that come into play. When he came out of school, there's no doubt there's upside, or they wouldn't have traded all that stuff, all those assets to go up and get him if you're San Francisco. But they got to the point where one may be more talented, Trey Lance, the other's a better football player, Brock Purdy. Now, if it's not the Dallas Cowboys, who he's not going to start anytime soon here because of Prescott um, in Dallas. So is there somebody out there you ship him to and, and give him a chance and he gets more snaps in Atlanta? And becomes a star for that football team? I don't know, maybe. I'm not saying the guy can't play, but and that he doesn't have great upside and potential. People see it, saw the upside. That's why he was drafted. Not by durability and a four, you know, four straight years of great football and and only thing that kept him down was one injury. He hasn't performed like a starting quarterback and a top pick in the draft when he has played, and he's been banged up. So he hasn't been on the field enough, and that becomes a problem. And they traded him away for – there was no risk for the Cowboys. Will they give a fifth-rounder? Yeah. Fifth-round pick, no risk. But they may be right. You may find a hidden gem that just needed a, a change of location and venue, and it's going to be great. But right now, you would have to consider it a major bust because he hasn't played, been hurt, and they're now starting the seventh-round guy in San Francisco who's got him in a Super Bowl – and a guy you traded two first-rounders and flip-flopped your pick is now a backup and wondering if he's ever going to get a chance to start in the league. But he's still young, and there's still the upside. There's still the tease that says, hell, if you're going to keep giving Zach Wilson chances, maybe Trey Lance deserves a chance too. Yeah. It's just not San Francisco. They, right. made, they made the right decision to move on from Trey Lance because Brock Purdy's a better quarterback, period. So if, if teams can't land who they want... From the draft, free agency, whatever it is, do you think that Trey Lance will be a starter in the NFL next year? No. No, no, no. If you're the Cowboys, too, now what you're going to do is you got him for a fifth round. You know what you're going to try to do if you do trade him? Third rounder. Sure. Yeah. You'll look for, see who's desperate, and come in and somebody comes in and you say, okay, third rounder. Sure. 
for that, and it, and it's a second rounder if the guy starts. Right? You could put the put the if the guy starts ten games or more, then you got to give us a second rounder the next year. Whatever. Maybe maybe he'll be a starter in the league. Do I think next year Trey Lance in August is under center starting for an NFL team? Absolutely not. I don't know. Are the Cowboys trying to move him? Well, if the Cowboys are not trying to move him, and all of a sudden they call you up and say. Dude, we'll give a third rounder. If you're the Cowboys and you say, well, he doesn't really have a future with us because of Prescott's contract and he played well, maybe. Maybe. And if you're the Cowboys and you think there's tremendous upside there, then you won't even trade him for a third rounder because you say he's our future. But Prescott's not old. So, do I think he's starting quarterback in the NFL? For I start to think about the teams. Okay, Is he going to start in Carolina? No, they're invested in Bryce Young. Atlanta, maybe. But what is it going to take for them to get him? And maybe they're going to go get somebody else anyway. So, no, I do not believe he'll be a starting quarterback next year. At some point in time, I hope the kid gets a chance again. But I can't see him in the next six months being on a team where he goes, learns the system, does it, and is a starting quarterback next year. Uh, and I'm not even sure the Cowboys will move him because I'm not sure that anybody would offer him a third rounder. Maybe they'd come with a fifth and the Cowboys say, no, no, no. We're going to let that bargain play out here for us. I wonder what a team like the Giants is going to do. They got the sixth overall pick in the NFL draft. Uh, it's reported that the general manager uh, for the Giants has said they're going to add a quarterback via free agency or the draft. It's not what's it with Tommy DeVito. What are they going to do with Daniel Jones? That's the whole you answer. Know? Is is Jones? It almost feels like we'll draft we'll draft somebody and let them compete. But are you gonna are you gonna now you go back two years last year should I say? When Daniel Jones was healthy at his best year ever in Brian Dable's first year. So he said, there's potential here. But yet, has he hit his ceiling mm-hmm. and gets hurt? And so now you say, all right, when they say we're going to add a quarterback, is the quarterback free agency mean Russell Wilson? Does the quarterback free agency mean somebody else who's available that you're going to let him compete? Or are you really going to use that high? Because Williams and Drake May and more than likely Jaden Daniels are all going to be gone. And those are your first three quarterbacks. Do you think? I don't. Th- I think that's way too high for Penix or McCarthy, JJ McCarthy. So, or do you say in the second round somebody like Michael Penix is still there, which is a possibility because his injuries, mm-hmm. and you go grab him. And now with his experience, they go to training camp. See, Michael Penix is the type of guy players are going to love. You want to know why? During training camp, I know how those veterans are and young players. They're going to watch him in shorts and teeth, rip it around the lot, and say, "Damn." And then all of a sudden, the, the groundswell, you get a chance, and maybe you never give it back. So, uh, yeah, they're going to add somebody. I just don't know how now, after this year, if Dable and Mike Kafka and that organization say, no, he's our guy. Regardless, he plays great this year, and they go to the playoffs if he's a starter. He'll get paid. If he plays, if he plays great and, and or does not play great one way or the other, He's either going to be there for a distance or this is his last year in New York. And who, who the hell knows if he gets beat out by somebody younger. Maybe they don't keep him. I don't know. But what's he making now? What year is this for? For he, Daniel Jones? Yeah, what's he making? Mm. Didn't he sign a new contract? Yeah, he did. Yeah, for how much, though? Let's, and let's, how long? Let's take a gander. Yeah, he got paid because I know people were like, they paid him that? They must believe in him. And that may, that may you know, tie their hands depending on... Um, yeah, he signed a four-year, $160 million deal that, last that's year. That's exactly right. After the big year he had. 104 guaranteed. They're not trading him. He's your starting quarterback. I, I knew that it was significant, but I, I, can't, I forgot that he got that much and, and over $100 million guaranteed. Think about this. Had shown some flashes, mm-hmm. had a great year last year, 
and that one great year got him a buck sixty. Now you got to be tied to him because if you tried to trade him, if you're right now not knowing where Daniel Jones sits on, yeah, he's got potential, but it's been up and down, and the weapons haven't been good with the Giants. Are you willing to take on $160 million for Daniel Jones right now? No. If you're the Atlanta Falcons? Uh, no, probably not. But you'd, you'd consider you'd, it. you consider it because I just sat there and eh, I thought about it. So, yeah, they're going to think about it. After what, and, and you think, okay, what who, are they, who, who is Daniel Jones? Is he Daniel Jones pre-Dable and Kafka where he's, you know, struggle? Or is he that guy? Yeah. If we get him right. So that's the tease, too. And I knew he got paid because it, we're past that point of his rookie contract, right? And you're thinking, he got paid. But I, I forgot, dude, he made over $100 million guaranteed. Yeah. So that makes it a lot easier. To keep him as your starting quarterback because it's going to be tougher to move him. And Atlanta's got the number eight overall pick. So, so your question is, you want Daniel Jones or J.J. McCarthy or Michael Penix in Atlanta? Well, yeah, that would be the discussion. Or do you trade down and then go get one of those other want. guys? Huh? I know who you'd want if you were the Atlanta Falcons and you name those quarterbacks. Oh, you'd the, probably take J.J. McCarthy. I'd take McCarthy you? over those three. Yeah, right that's now. what I'm saying, out of those three. I st- listen, I am still, I know this is going to sound crazy. I'm not willing to... If... J- if Daniel Jones was on Seattle. Mm-hmm. I believe they'd be better. I, I believe he'd play good football. Now, I don't know if he's ever going to be the star, but he, dude, point A to point B, he can run. Dude, that guy can motor. And he showed when they when they had some weapons and were healthy, he did some really good things to get him to the playoffs a year before and get and got his money. Timing was perfect for Daniel Jones. I don't know if I'm going to mortgage the franchise say, this is my guy, but I'll tell you right now, would you rather have him leading your team with good players, because he showed he could play with good players, or a rookie that you say is a lot cheaper under rookie contract and it, we're going to go on hope that he's going to translate to the NFL? I would take my chances with Daniel Jones. Today, especially if you like Atlanta, who was on the verge of being a playoff, right? Yeah. They, they really were. They They're were right there. They finished back 7 and 10, and they were right there for the division. With, with, a, with a month to go. Yeah. So that, that's what you got. And we're just using them as an example because they're going to need, but Washington's not going to trade for Daniel Jones. But... That money assures Daniel Jones that somebody he's playing somewhere. He's going to get the first look. A buck sixty for four ain't half bad for a guy who had one really good season. One good season, he got over a hundred mil guaranteed. Potential is an important word in getting paid in all aspects of your life. Buddy. Over a hundred mil guaranteed is crazy. Yep. Yes, it is for one good season. But good for hey, get the bag, baby. Get the bag. You talk about him motoring. He's no Trey Cabbage though. Well, who is? Yep. Trey. Who is? Ice yeah. Trey. Yeah, who is? Yeah, three. Yep. As we three, like to three call cabbage. Him. Uh you remember uh, a couple of weeks ago you had uh Cam Newton talking about Brock Purdy on his podcast. We discussed it a little bit. I do. Yeah. Well, he talked about him again on a podcast. Let's hear it and discuss next right here on Sports Talk 790. But also, let's ho- head over to Kobe Stevens Dot com Kobe Stevens Golf Apparel. There are new drops right now on the website. They've got Kobe Stevens Performance Pants with the ankle zipper. Some golf joggers. Golf joggers taking uh, the golf game by storm. Kobe Stevens has them now. It's got a nice Kobe Stevens logo on it. I've got a couple of pairs headed my way. Uh, they look phenomenal. And they're up on the website right now at KobeStevens.com. Also, super savings, 50 to 75% off on that super savings tab on the website, kobestevens.com. They still got hoodies. They've got quarter zip pullovers. They got brand new hoodies and brand new quarter zip pullovers that just dropped on their website for Kobe Stevens Golf Apparel. And they've got so much more. They've got polos. They've got shirts. They've got hats, T-shirts, uh, pants, shorts, beanies, outerwear section, ladies, and youth line. And, of course, that super savings 
tab to click what's 50 to 75 percent off you don't need to be a golfer to wear kobe stevens golf apparel but of course that's where it started that's the base but it's a lifestyle brand for everyone check it out kobe it's the best golf gear out there right now kobe stevens golf apparel look good feel good play good kobe stevens.com hey this is charles barkley and you guys thought i put on some weight since my playing days you should see sean Salisbury. Horrible. Now back to the Sean Sullivan show. <laughs> what a knucklehead. Springsteen, Triple E. You ever heard of Bruce Springsteen? Oh, oh my God! First time hearing that. Yeah. I, what? I'm serious. Triple E. You've never heard of Bruce Springsteen? I'm sorry. Come again. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. Never heard of him? I'm sorry. One more time. Oh my when, God! When, when are we gonna take you guys? You whoa! Said, whoa! Yeah, you guys. No. Yeah. 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 Oh, of course. Okay. Because the movie, genre, the movie, and the music thing. When are we gonna take you guys to the point where like? We just can't do this anymore. What do you mean? Like the show? Like, the, yeah, no, like, the show's always here. Okay. But when are we going to get to the point where we're just beside ourselves to the point that <laughs> that the age has got to the point where you don't know Marlon Brando and he doesn't know. I know no, who you Marlon don't. Brando no, is. No, yes, no I you do. didn't. You did not know. Yes, I did. You, you did not know. Yes, I did. I can name a thousand others that, were, that, that you should know that you don't. That's just fake and news. And then the fact that he, from Led Zeppelin to Bruce Springsteen that our producer. Yes. Uh-huh. Has never heard of Bruce. You make me an offer I can't refuse. Oh, don't don't go back to that's your Marlon Brando. <laughs> We're not, there's no revisionist history you here. Making okay? me an offer I can't refuse. Don't stick your Marlon Brando. Okay? <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> can you imagine Romo talking to no, you guys? Right please no. Triple E did. I'm telling you, it's there's nothing better than when <laughs> Phil Nance, uh, Jim Nance, Phil Nance. I'm, I'm confused. Oh, here we go. Now you don't even know the broadcast who did the game last week. <laughs> Jim Nance. Jim Nance goes, Tony, what do you what do you you know? Do, do they look off sides? What do you think, Jim? Both? <laughs> I don't know. Here's the tri- here. Here's what trips me out. That Triple E doesn't know who Bruce Springsteen is? That, I mean, it, I'm going to put a bounty on your guys' head. <laughs> Both of them. Yeah, it's that okay. serious. It's getting to it's that, that point. It's that serious. Yeah. Make me an offer I can't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> How can you imitate a guy you didn't know his name two months ago? Here's what I don't get, though. What happened to you two? Triple E, what happened to us, well, man? What, what um, happened? I don't know. I wake up every morning. I come here. Um, I'll yeah, save I'll the woe is me speech. <laughs> no, I, I just do my best, I give 110%. You know? Yep. <laughs> segment by segment. I mean, I'm going to try to Audio by you. audio. Podcast by podcast. They should blog be. by blog. Triple E just tries to get better every day. Just try to, yep. Great. You have to perfect it. So you know this. 
Eddie, Mar- Eddie, my our boss. <laughs> Eddie, the man. Think about sports uh-huh. for a second, Eddie. Yeah, think about everybody that when you have to mm-hmm. overcome yeah. a lot, mm-hmm. that person deserves a lot more pay. Yeah, <laughs> talking about you. Yeah, oh, right. Five, five times more. <laughs> <You're right>. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to go to. You just got to go to him and say, Eddie, you're making me an offer I can't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> or hit both of you guys over the head with your Baxter with a baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> like Bobby De Niro. Yeah, exactly. Hey, by the way, you love De Niro, don't you, uh, uh, Triple E? Which one is that one? Oh, Robert no. De Niro. He's he's a 70s singer. You ever heard of him? <laughs> yeah. Stop it. Don't do that he's to him. He's not a singer, is he? No, yeah, he's, he's an actor. He's, an actor, he's, a, he's yeah, acting. Okay, he's yeah. asking me the question. I, I knew who... I, that no, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't know who Robert De Niro if was. If you wouldn't have no. said anything, we would have said, De Niro no, sings that one really song. No. What is it again, Brian? Yeah. And, and totally said, said let me yeah. look. Yeah. Y'all thought y'all would have got me. No. I know he's got an actor. No, y'all wouldn't know. Do you know any of Robert De Niro's most famous movies? Um, if I see him, yeah, I can tell him to you. Well, yeah, if I see him, that's a, that's a, you know what I got. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a T-shirt for him because his great go-to. Well, I, I, I okay. Here's, here's 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 an easy layup Triple right here. Triple E, have you ever seen Meet the Parents? No. Meet dude, the Fockers. Dude, dude, you, oh yeah, Meet the Fockers. Yes. Yeah, Robert De Niro's in the movie. Oh him. Okay, got the you. dad who's uh, got the isn't uh, Jinxie the cat? Yes, Jinxie. Yes. Uh, Did he play in that one movie, uh, The Heartbreak Kid? That's Ben Stiller. Oh, wrong okay. guy, but good try. Okay. Isn't that Ben Stiller? That yeah. is Ben Stiller. Yeah, yeah. but that's okay. okay. You know, Stiller, De Niro. Mm-hmm. One's got like four Oscar awards. The other one's goofy <laughs> as hell. But other than that, I mean, let me, let me, and I like Benji Stiller. You better get out, you get out of his kitchen. <laughs> Why? You, Why? You, you get out of his kitchen. I'm not the rookie anymore, you, you, though. You, you get out of his kitchen. Sometimes you, sometimes you play like one. Well, that's, that's <laughs> not, not as your broadcast, but as when you come to your music and movies. No, not my music, music my movies. Music, you're pretty solid because your movies, pops and family. Get, yeah. For, yeah, I grew up movies. on classic rock. I would say movies for sure. Movie, who cares, you know? Like, movies just kind of... <laughs> Blows. Yeah, exactly. See? <laughs> who cares if I've never seen The Godfather? Who cares if I've never seen The Sopranos? And also, another movie that, that blows mm. is uh, RoboCop, by the way. Mm. I mean, RoboCop, you watch it, but it's not like something you got to set your clock you know? to. Where did that come from? I'm just, uh, where, I, where did RoboCop come from? I'm a, I'm a wealth of useless knowledge That's as for useless movies. useless as it gets. Damn right it does. Oh, we're talking about Oscar winners. Yeah. And legends, mm-hmm. Hall of Famers, and you decide. Yeah. That RoboCop's the movie you're going to. <laughs> RoboCop. Oh, why not? I tell you, our, our poor listeners. Well, I'm just saying, like, you throw on a Jason Statham movie, I'm all in. Oh, yeah, I'm tuned in. You know who Jason Statham is? Oh, yeah, I know who that is. Yes, sir. Most Def. Whoa. Badass. Man. You know who Most Def is? I'm just not going to answer that one. You don't know who Most Def is? Nope. I, and I don't care to know him either. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> Man, the shoulders are getting so heavy here. And back starting to hurt. <laughs> carrying this damn show. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, priceless. I love how I'm on you, and then all of a sudden you're like, Triple E. Yeah, man. You're not Springsteen. Yeah. When we said, hey, do you know who Lucille Ball? Who's Lucille Ball? Yeah. Never. I love Lucy. What's that? Yeah. Archie Bunker? Never heard of him. Yeah, dude. But I'm going to cut you some slack because you've already taken your beatdown. Triple E, do you know who Lou Alcindor is? 
Oh, hell no, he doesn't know who Lou Al is. Of course it sounds familiar. Because it's only been said 8 billion times on the earth. But really, though, that sounds Okay, All right, take a shot in the dark. Take a shot in the dark. Okay, let me ask you this. Okay. What era of music do you think he sang in? Let me see. Lou Al Let me hear the name one more time. Lou Al Yeah, it sounds about 70s, 80s. Okay. Do you think rock, soul, um... Rock, soul, uh, hip hop. What do you think it was? Rock and I mean, like heavy metal. What do you think? What do you think, Lou Alcindor uh, saying? I'm gonna go with all alternative. Yeah. Oh, he was alternative. All right. Okay. He changed his name he from Lou Alcindor to Kareem Abdul Jabbar. But other than that, I mean, <laughs> I, I imagine he was listening to all those groups when he scored eight million points in the NBA. But who's counting? That, wow. Won the MVP six times. <laughs> Kareem Abdul Three national championships at UCLA. Former name was Lou <laughs> He was not an alternative rock singer. <laughs> no, that's wrong. As you word, yes. Abdul. Hey man, why? Hey, no, while he's quizzing you, hit the Google machine. <laughs> yeah, go the Brian Lalima approach. <laughs> yeah. Of course, I know him. Yeah. He was in Robocop. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, man. That's classic. It's not fair how y'all do me, man. What? Whoa, it's whoa, not whoa, 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 No, whoa. Whoa, rookie, rookie, rookie. Whoa, rookie, rookie. Don't make me a ham sandwich, too. Rookie. Whoa, no, come kidding. on, dude. No, <laughs> yeah, rookie's got it. It's part of being a rookie, dog. It is. It's I agree. Triple E, you should have seen, been through the, it. dude, what they put me through last year with this damn, I had to take a movie quiz. I had to watch a movie every week, and I was quizzed on it every Friday. Every Literally every Friday because I'm not a big movie guy. I'm gonna go back and listen. To no, don't do that. No, <laughs> we ought to put Triple E through a music quiz. That's no, what we, we should already do. did. Make the test for we, me. We, we already did. Make the test for me. And I there he is. Said Lou Alcindor, and I said, and, and you know, it's most <laughs> deaf not gonna happen. Okay. <laughs> You had Lou Alcindor <laughs> as an alternative <laughs> rock singer, oh, man. I love it. Oh, love man. It. All right, let's uh, get to the final segment here on the Sean Salisbury Show. we got a couple of guys that want to call in, and I'm sure they want to talk about, uh, um, you know, some Rugby. The, they want to talk about rugby. Yeah. I know we want to talk about rugby. Yeah, well, I, they should, too. The Sabercats. Sabercats. Yeah. The Sabercats professional rugby team seeking your vote this year for rugby. Man, these big physical players. We got a professional rugby team right here in the city, Sean. Their stadium located off 288 and Airport Road. Season about to kick off in March. Yeah, March to July, right? The state is that yep. the, the, the length of it. And they got don't they have four game season ticket packages on on sale? Yeah, right now? You, you HoustonSaberCats.com. Damn right. Pick four games that you want to attend. Any four. Now the reason, why, and I speak to this. My my brother was a rugby player in college. And fell in love with it, right? Yeah. And he's saying, man, you got to travel to get to rugby. Get on a plane and go watch the All Blacks play or what have you. we got a professional team right here. Yeah. The Houston Sabercats pop on down there, get down 288. Great facility, great competitiveness. And if you're looking for physical, not finesse, and athletic without gear on, if you haven't seen rugby, get out and yep. see it. It, it's one of those, you know, like you go to something, you say, what's it going to be like? And by the time it's over, you say, I'm coming back, buying season tickets, and I'm ready to go. That's what the Houston Sabercats give you at HoustonSabercats.com. The price is right, and the visuals, you're going to get every ounce of your money's worth for this event. I yep. promise you. You're going to go one time, and you're going to be hooked. We're actually going to have our own iHeartRadio section at the Sabercats Stadium right there off 288 Airport. Let's party. Road. Damn right. And we're going to have some tickets to give away when the season starts in March. Again, you can get all the information right there at Houston sabercats.com the sabercats professional rugby they've got the four game mini ticket package right now pick any 
24 games you want to attend. The season runs March through July. Houston Sabercats professional rugby. HoustonSabercats.com. Oh, also, check this out. I should have warned you. Sean only cares about cold, hard facts. Back to the Sean Salisbury Show on Sports Talk 790. segment here on a Thursday morning. The Sean Salisbury Show. Sean Bryan and Triple E. Rockets lose to the Pelicans. Astros acquire left-handed bat trade cabbage from the Angels in a trade. Seahawks get their head coach. That's Mike McDonald from the Baltimore Ravens. Let's take a couple of calls before we get out of here. Let's start in Hockley. Talk to Gil. Hello, Gil. Good morning. Well, good morning. I have a question. See if y'all can answer it correctly. Where was RoboCop 2 filmed? Um, wait, 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 uh, yeah, it was in Texas. <laughs> what? It was in Texas. <laughs> Had to be in Houston. Uh, uh, Texas. Yeah. Was it in Houston? It was in Houston, Texas. There downtown. You go. I, didn't you hear? I, yes, said, I said in Houston, Texas. He said downtown. downtown. Uh, I said downtown okay. Houston. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Thank Pre- you. Appreciate it, Gil. Appreciate it, Gil. <laughs> So you got a little Joe Biden in you right there. No, I, no, no. The case is, if that was the case, it would never got Texas out of my mouth. <laughs> True. Let's go to Angleton. Only, only, only place I know in the world where, where our own government's fighting against our state. Whoa. Mm. Let's just battle each other. Yeah. As if the stupid. battles outside our, our state aren't enough. But Ridiculous. But hey, man. who's counting? Hey. Anyway. Don't ever compare me to him. Okay. <laughs> the mumbling. And like I said, matter of fact, keep my mouth out of all politicians' life. Or keep, point. No, keep all politicians keep out of my mouth. Yeah, there you go. Whoa. Yeah, that, that's insane. Keep that politician out of my mouth, right? By the way, anybody hey, got a brat? Dude, you looked at me like with such conviction. I too. did. Like, I, keep them out of my mouth. Oh, no, let me, let me reverse that. Keep all politicians out of my mouth. Ooh, Ooh my bad. Okay. okay. <laughs> Let's talk to Tony. Tony, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Um, what was up with the picture yesterday of Chili, the, the, the Arrows mascot in the Arrows jersey? I don't. I, he was at he was at the uh, Sp- uh, Houston Sports Awards. Oh, okay, okay. So uh, y'all don't know something we don't know. No, no. You talking about hockey? Maybe coming back to Houston? Yes, sir. No, he was just there. That could be, uh, from what we understand, or from what I understand, it could be some sort of. Uh, uh, reason why he was out there, but nothing, nothing that I know of. I can tell you this: the second we do know, you'll know because uh, if that were to happen, uh, I'll be stand, I'll be missing a show to stand in line to buy season tickets. Yeah, damn right. Uh, well, that's my well, number I, one season ticket is hockey. There, I didn't know that. Like the U of H has a hockey team. They do. Now. Yep. Rice, I think Rice has, it, has mm-hmm. a team. Um, it's it's all it's all lining up. It's, I can't it's, wait. It's inevitable. No, I'm it's with inevitable you because the the Arizona Coyotes are a train wreck. They're actually getting pretty good. They're they're, they're getting pretty good. good. Their facility's not very good right now. They're trying they're to you know. Yep. ASU. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they're playing at the Arizona State yep. facility. And if they get yes. good, it's going to have to be bigger. And they they obviously they're in the works of trying to get all that done. But yeah, get it here, Tony. And like I said, I, I I'm. 
I'll be at 35 games at home a year. I, I friggin' love hockey. I won't miss it. Yeah. Today is February 1st, which means, y'all know what that means. It's baseball, right? It's baseball season. Uh, if you're a baseball player, uh, it was always February 1st we started. So, with that being said, um, the Astros need to do a couple more things um, to get ready for this season. They've done a pretty good job this offseason with what they've had to work with as far as money. Um, but I think they need to make a couple more moves, and here they are. Um, they need to, <clears throat> there's a, I think he's still available. Uh, relief pitcher Ryan Brazier. Um, he was with the Dodgers last year. Uh, he pitched, he used to pitch for the Red Sox. He he's been on a lot. few teams and he was really good as a Red Sox, consistently he's good. Nasty, man. Yep. He's nasty. He goes, a, he's a nasty cutter. Uh, I would try to sign him to your contract, try to get a center fielder. I don't know if it's possible at this point. Um, there may be somebody in the system that can place up and, and maybe we give it up on Myers too quick, but. Uh, I think you need to solidify center field and one more arm in the bullpen. And let's go for another. Let's go for another ring. I'm with it, Tony. Like Appreciate the call, Tony. Great stuff. Yeah, appreciate uh, you. I think um, you know the left-handed bat. Dana Brown said he wanted a left-handed bat. Seems like with that trade, they got a left-handed bat. But he's a fringe is, big league or minor league guy. Excuse me. Is I don't that know if the left-handed wanna, bat you're talking uh, about? I, I don't know. I don't know if they want to go get another bat like a Cody Bellinger type guy. Um, I don't know. I, we said this a couple of, I think it was last week or earlier this week that they're going to, yeah, it was last week. They're going to roll out Jake Myers and Chaz McCormick uh, as the left and center fielder, I would assume. Is this team as we know it today better than last year? I'm talking about on February 1st. The When the season ended, is this team better right now? Yes. How can it not be? It is. Agreed. You're about to have a full season of Justin Verlander. I would assume that Christian Javier is going to be better. Diaz, he will be. Fromber will be better. He's going to be better. Javier's got to be better. Yeah. The the catching positions, while Maldonado's leadership, just sheer production has gone up. You got better there. And the leadership will come. I mean, you know, the understanding pitchers and, Mm -hmm. and with a great staff helping him along. You got better there. And you've got... Better in the bullpen. And you're already getting healthy. Day by day, you're getting healthier with your starting pitching. You added an elite premier closer at the back end when you've already had your eighth and ninth guy were already as elite as there was in the league combined. And now you add the best of the three. As far as, I mean, and that's hard to say. Presley's been damn good. Hater's a monster. And Abreu could, could, could be a seventh inning guy, eighth inning guy, and Abreu, you know what else he could be? He could probably lead the league in saves and be a dominant closer if you wanted him to. Probably win 18 games as a starter, too. So you got it right on. They are better. Yeah. Today. Today. If, if you can get some sort of production from Lance McCullers Jr. and Luis Garcia when they get back in July. Mid-season. Well, add that in there as well. And, and maybe we see the end of the season Abreu. You know, when, when he started to get hot and do it as the season went on, starting the season and rolling in, although that's not his M.O., he's usually a slow starter and goes. But if you get that, then you get another season of a big bat, and he sure started to fit in pretty well here. Yeah, he did. I'm excited, man. Baseball yeah. season right around the corner. We're 13 days away from uh, pitchers and catchers reporting as we stand on February 1st. Going to be a blast. Man, can't, can't wait. Agreed. It's crazy. It's already here. Great stuff today. Man, we got I think, fun- I think, funky I, Friday tomorrow. Yeah, I think, Triple E, I think we're going to keep you forever, brother. You're good, even though... I got me. Yeah, even, man, we yeah, got we you, got you, you <laughs> yeah. Bruce Springsteen, and Lou Alcindor. There yeah. you go. Maybe a little Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. There you go. What a rock <laughs> group that is. Yeah, yeah check that out. All right, that's going to do it for the Sean Salisbury Show. He is Sean Salisbury, our producer, Triple E, Emmanuel Elmore. I am Brian Lima. Thank you for listening. We're back tomorrow morning.
6 a.m. Don't go anywhere. Stan Norfleet and Chris Gordy with Next Up is next on Sports Talk 790.